Welcome back in, everybody, to another edition of the Final Whistle Sports Podcast. It's your hosts, Blaine Spencer and Joe Ciccoletti. We have a guest this evening. We have our good friend Dwayne Marcus from the host of Goat Talk with Marcus, as well as the co-host of the Protect Our Queens podcast. Dwayne Marcus, how are we doing, my friend? Long time no see. And, you know, I do know how to do an intro, so here you go. Floor's you're, you're, you're unreasonably loud for it to be 7.57 in the evening. It's 5.57 for me. I'm two hours behind, remember? I don't care if it was 10 o'clock in the morning. You're too loud. Bro. I'm Take just so excited to see you. That's all. You're excited to see me? Really? Yeah. Really? You know what's to come and you're excited to see me? I, I understand really? what's going to happen, but, you know, I'm still excited. Do you have this same excitement every Sunday when you get to watch the Commanders lose? Or Absolutely. I wore my jersey, hoping yeah. that it was going to be our Super Bowl, and it went the opposite direction. <laughs> that's just, that's ridiculous. I that's And the fact that you said that out loud with a straight face is ridiculous. I'm not here for you. Joe Chigaletti, how are you, man? It's been a minute. I'm, I'm doing well, man. It's good to see you. Let's keep the Washington Commanders too, talk to a minimal Today, I don't uh, want to hurt the guy feelings too bad, right? I don't want to hurt his feelings too bad today. Well, so. well, Blaine, well, Blaine acts like I've like been ducking him or something. When I've sent messages to Blaine each of the last three months, multiple times in the month, asking for him to come on my show, and he said, "Oh yeah, I'll be there." And I find pictures of him on Instagram hiking in the mountains and going to college football games and all this other nonsense, going to college game day and whatever other stuff he's doing. I can't give me a text back. Day. Bro, I wouldn't care if you were college game day. That's not really the point that I'm trying to make here. I just. Like a little reciprocity, a little heads up, like, hey, not going to be there would be nice. As opposed to me having to find out Wednesday morning, mm, Blaine's probably not going to be here. You know what I mean? Yeah, I'll be better with that. <laughs> no, you won't. No, I won't. No, you won't. Okay. You know, you know, we can we can schedule me right now. Well, when do you need us next? We're on the air. Let's just do that. <laughs> no, I. Oh no, <laughs> fine. <laughs> We're okay. <laughs> Oh, okay. oh, interesting, interesting, okay. interesting. But good to see you, buddy. It's been a long time, so I will <laughs> take the blame for not seeing you. So there you go. It's not my fault. Man. Yo, how are you doing, bud? We're good, man. We're good. Another week, another day, another dollar here on the East Coast near Philadelphia right now. Um, just manage it through. Just manage it through. Big weekend ahead with football now coming Saturday, Sunday, and Monday. What's your thoughts, real quick, before we get into these games? What's your thoughts on the Saturday, Sunday, Monday games? Do you like that breakup of the three days, or would you rather just want everything on Saturday and Sunday only? Uh, for me, I don't think I re- – I'd probably just prefer the Saturday and Sunday. I understand the premise of keeping Monday Night Football's uh, playoff game on Monday night. But I think for the suspense that is college football, or not sorry, college football, the NFL, excuse me. I'm already I'm I'm already off the rails. It's bad. Um I think Saturday and Sunday kind of brings a different element for what the NFL is all about. And I would have preferred that it's not on Monday, but why not? Marcus, Marcus it's up to you. Well, good thing the NFL doesn't listen to you because if they did, they'd be bankrupt and we wouldn't have a football league anymore. Monday night games are fine as long as they pick the right Monday night game to be the Monday night game. Like, I don't know why the Eagles and the Bucks is week is wildcard week in finale. Like, there's better options. We could have got Rams, Lions, Packers, Cowboys. Literally any of the other five games would be much, a, much just a much better option than what we're getting. But it's whatever. 
Do you guys understand how the breakdown works? Because NBC got three games this weekend. So? Funny. No, I just, I just don't understand because what? CB and then the other three got split up between CBS, Fox, and ESPN only getting one. So I was just curious if you guys actually knew why. Because I don't well, know. You just, you just explained that the reason why we have a Monday night game is because you want to keep Monday night on ESPN. You, you just said that. like No, years. I agree. But no, I mean, the number of games, the total number of games, how NBC got three games for this weekend. ESPN well, only got one. CBS well, only got one. And Fox only got well, one. Well, let's just think about it, right? If one of the games has to be on ESPN for Monday night, then obviously one of the networks is going to get three games. You're not going to – when have we ever had playoff games happening at the exact same time? Never. That, like, that doesn't happen. Every every game gets its own three hours to shine. This isn't week four. Oh, yeah. So if there's going to be a Monday night game, then there's going to be two games on Saturday, and there's going to be three games on Sunday. That's always how – that's how it's been each of the last, what, three, four years. We've had seven 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 seeds in the playoff. But wouldn't you think it would be more of an even breakdown where it would maybe be 2-2-1-1, two, two, one, one, not – Three one one two two one one. Which one? A game on Tuesday too? No, I'm talking about that. How NBC has both games on Saturday. You would think maybe CBS or Fox would get one of those Saturday games. Why would they do that? I don't know. Blaine, that's never how the playoffs. I'm just I'm just spitballing here. Okay, that's never how the playoffs have worked ever. All the playoff games are on the same network all the time. That's how it works. Now, no, fan. I understand why. You don't, no, no, I know why you don't understand. It's because the commanders don't play playoff games often, so you have nothing to keep up with. Uh, I got yeah, it. Got got it's okay. I got it. I got it. Too. He's a commanders fan. He's not used to watching playoff football. So he doesn't Correct. Understand where you know that that, uh, that, makes that makes sense. You know it that does. Makes sense. Yeah. Okay. The DC well, native well, would know. You would think the DC native would know. We're over here, but you know yeah. his team gets to play in the playoffs because he's a nope. Green Bay fan. Well, you're absolutely right. But I don't have to worry about the Commanders playing football because I'm not a Commanders fan. So, like, frankly, it doesn't matter to me. Maybe if you were a fan of a better team, you would be more familiar with the playoff schedule and how it works. It's okay. It's fine. I'm just going to cry myself to sleep tonight. It's going to be one of those. <laughs> not a huge fan of the Peacock on Saturday night. I do know that is going to be one of the games. Uh, they get the Dolphins Chief. Good draw for them. I mean, they paid hundreds of million dollars to get that game. Um, but for a lot of folks, I know don't have Peacock. They probably could be, uh, you know, illegally streaming it. I would have a feeling. Um, Peacock's, Peacock's free. Is it? There's a free option for Peacock, yeah. It will include the game. I think so. Yeah. I, I don't have this problem. I pay for Peacock, so I don't. I don't, really I don't have this problem. I don't have this problem. I pay the ten dollars. I I pay the ten dollars, fourteen dollars a month for Peacock. I don't. Is it, I, I, don't. I couldn't tell you. I don't know what it is. So. What's well, that because of football? It's because I'm a wrestling fan. So. Oh, fair. Good point. Good point. Yeah. All right, let's hop into the first game. We got Browns Texans. Um, Browns will be heading down to Houston after Houston uh, won a big game against the Indianapolis Colts, and then the Jaguars losing this past weekend against the Tennessee Titans. It's going to be Saturday at 4.30 down in Houston. C.J. Shroud, rookie quarterback, going to be stepping in here to hopefully lead a Texans uh, playoff victory in quite some time now. And uh, Browns, Mr. Elite Joe Flacco leading the way on the Browns side um, there as well. 
Marcus, what's your thoughts on the game here? Who do you think is going to win the game? And maybe some X factors here that, you know, the national public side isn't seeing right now. I mean, Browns-Texans, I think, is probably going to be the best game of the weekend. Um, it's the most evenly matched game. Um, and it's not just because it's the 4-5 game, right? Because the 4-5 game in the NFC is not evenly matched at all. It's going to be the most – it's going to be the worst game of the weekend. But Texans-Browns, it's fun. It's Deshaun Watson bowl, and Deshaun Watson's not playing, which is great. Um, CJ Stroud has been amazing this season. I would feel a lot more confident about the Texans winning if Tank Dell was healthy and playing. Um, Nico Collins has been playing really good ball, as has CJ Stroud, obviously. Um, defense has been really good. But I believe in old man Joe. I really do. Um, and aside from that, I just believe in the defense. It's one of the best defenses in the league heading into the playoffs, obviously. Miles Garrett, um, not going to win defensive play of the year, probably, but he is definitely a defensive play of the year caliber player. Um, I don't think CJ Stroud, as good as I, as great as CJ Stroud is, I don't think he's going to be able to handle the Browns defense. And I just know that because when they played a couple weeks ago in Houston, they lost. Um, it could be a different story, maybe. You know, CJ Stroud learned from that. They watched some tape, they figured it out. Um, but there's still a lot of talent on both sides of the ball. It's going to be like super competitive game. Um, final prediction for me is just 31-28 Browns win, and they take a trip up to uh, they take a trip up to Baltimore and send the Ravens home, which I can't wait for. Blaine, how does Houston win this game? I think the biggest thing is you got to eliminate the big play. That's how they kind of got torched in the first matchup, right, Joe Flacco kind of has been playing with that house money mentality approach since getting back into the league, kind of coming off of the couch, right? In that game, he was 27 to 42, over 350 yards, three touchdowns, two INTs. And that we got to remember, that was the game that Amari Cooper broke the single season game record for receiving yards in Cleveland Browns history, going for 266 on 11 receptions. So, I think the we have you ha for Houston. You're gonna probably with D'Amico Ryan's approach is probably be a bend but don't break type of defense. Don't get beat over the top. That's been a the Texans' Achilles heel this year is trying to defend the big play. So, and you don't know what you're gonna kind of get out of Cleveland's running game with Kareem Hunt and Jerome Ford. So, you're gonna the team has been reliant off offensively on Joe Flacco since they've kind of gotten back. So. If Houston wants to be successful, eliminate the big play and then hold them to field goals and then rely on the greatness that C.J. Stroud's showcased this year. Fair enough. I personally think I think the tackles being out for the Cleveland Browns are starting tackles is going to be uh, hindering them. And Joe Flacco is still known to throw turnovers. I think he's had eight picks over the five games that he has played so far this season. So he is still Joe Flacco that still turns the ball over, but he is deep ball Joe. So like you said, Blaine, if, if Houston can kind of settle back and not get beat too bad over the top, but also on the flip side, able to get pressure on him, hopefully D'Amico Rines is able to generate some pressure on this team with Will Anderson having a hell of a rookie year, um, getting inside and sacking Joe. I, I think Houston has a really, really good shot. Marcus, I, I couldn't agree with you. I think it might be, if not the best game, second best game of this weekend, um, especially in that 4-5 matchup, but you know, sometimes you have to go with the vet side, and I think I'm also on the same boat with you. I think I've got to go with the Browns. Um, I love CJ Stroud. Love what he's doing right now. He throws a beautiful ball to um, to Nico Collins, and like you said, Tank Dell being out. But I just can't go with the rookie quarterback just yet. I think he gets that one year experience. Definitely is going to help him improve in his career, and 
hopefully the trajectory for him moving forward is very, very high, especially after the season. I don't think we kind of predicted this. We thought he wasn't even going to be, you know, the second or even potentially third best quarterback in this draft class, potentially. But he's shown that he is the number one quarterback in this draft class. Um, so I got to go with the Browns, too. I think it's going to be a little bit more low scoring, but I think the Browns will get him. I think it's going to be like a 27-20 kind of game. The Browns win by seven. So, Blake, let's talk to uh, – let's get to the next game here. We got the Dolphins and Chiefs. The Tyreek Hill return back to Arrowhead. It's going to be a chilly one. Minus 30-degree windshield is told. Zero degrees temperature-wise in Kansas City. Both teams are kind of spiraling right now. They're both going downhill. They have not played well the last couple weeks of the NFL season. Uh, Dolphins have lost multiple games on this stretch. Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs do not look like the Patrick Mahomes and Chiefs from the last couple of years now. Blaine, what are the thoughts here with the Dolphins? Can they beat the Chiefs? <laughs> what or what can they do to beat the Chiefs? I mean, I think the biggest thing is this was remember, this was your team. You were all in on the Miami Dolphins before the year started. This was your Super Bowl pick. And like last week, you threw, you finally waved the white flag and threw them in the garbage. The Miami Dolphins, Joe, completely gave up on them. Um, I think the biggest thing for Miami to have any chance, right, is that you got to get the run game going and you got to hope that Raheem Mostert's going to be able to give you something. Devin A. Chain, as well as in the backfield. You got to showcase the run game, be able to have Tua be thrive on the play action. Um, and, you know, Tyree Kill is going to be so amped up for this one to prove these Kansas City fans and prove it to Andy Reid and prove it to that whole Kansas City organization that they shouldn't have traded him away. Right. So where does this go? You're going to probably be extremely heavy on short passes with how cold it's going to be. So the passing element's going to kind of be limited in that regard, like how you kind of showcase negative 30 wind chill potentially. That ball is going to be a, basically a rock that's going to be thrown around the field. So kicking game is going to kind of be limited in that regard as well. So low scoring affair, but I think the biggest problem is that how hurt Miami is. No Bradley Chubb. They've had significant injuries in the secondary. They've had a couple on the offensive side of the ball. How much is Jalen Waddle going to be able to give it a go? Tyreek's still not 100%, right? Mostert sat out last week in that where they lost to Buffalo. So injury bug, I think, is Miami's true Achilles heel this weekend, and that's why Kansas City's going to get this dub in a low-scoring affair, 20-17. to Marcus? That was like three minutes of my life. I'm never getting back. Blaine, you make things so complicated. Have the Dolphins ever won in sub 70 degree weather before? Not really. No. Is it going to be over 70 degrees on Saturday? Yeah. No. Great. Chiefs win. Very easy. How easy that is? You just give me a bunch of words for nothing. The Dolphins yeah, don't win. I'm trying. Cold. I'm trying to materialize the product. No, you don't need to. This is a <laughs> this is this is a simple math equation. Hold plus Dolphins equals loss. Very simple. What's your score then? Doesn't matter. They're going to lose. They'd be three zero. They're not going to win. They don't win in the cold. Do you have Do you have the Chiefs 
playing well then, or is it just going to be a low-scoring affair? Bro, my analysis of this game I know, is but that I, the I'm Dolphins not, are I'm, losing. I'm, I'm trying to dig some more information out of you, my friend. Why? Well, you want to do not? some diggings, dig the commanders out of the grave that they're in. You want to do there's, some digging. There's an add another one. <laughs> <laughs> Keep the tally, tally it up again. Yeah. It's, just, it's just too easy. No, I don't have I don't have any analysis. I don't care what Pat Mahomes does. I don't care what Travis Kelsey does. I don't care what Tyree Illinois does. The Dolphins don't win in the cold. It's going to be probably the coldest NFL game ever, or at least one of the coldest in a very long time. They're not winning this football game, healthy or not. They're not winning. All right, fair enough. Joe, you go ahead. I know you kind of – we were texting back and forth, and you actually had a hot take about Miami if they end up losing this weekend. Yeah, yeah. Marcus, I I guess my question before I go into this is what – I know you don't want to get into the game too much, but (laughs) the valuation of Tua this year, what's your thoughts on him so far? I mean – look, bro. (laughs) He had an MVP candidate at Barber Zebra. What am I supposed to do? What am I supposed to do? As far as I'm concerned, Tua is in the same category as Brock Purdy. He's a really good quarterback unless he's playing a good football team, or in Brock Purdy's case, unless he's behind. Um, if, the, if the Dolphins are playing a good football team, Tua's not good. If it doesn't have Tyreek Hill, Tua's not good. Um, so that's about all I got. Um, franchise guy, but he needs Tyreek Hill to be successful. And Tyreek Hill is retiring when his contract is up, according to him. So he's got, what, two, three more years with Tyreek before he needs to figure something else out. So he better learn how to be a good quarterback soon because in two years, time's up, buddy. Okay. All right, fair enough. So I'm a big guy, and that history will repeat itself. Big time in that. Um, In the NFL, uh, we had something kind of, I feel like, in a similar boat with the St. – or not St. Louis, that they were still – they were Los Angeles. The Los Angeles Rams at the time when Jared Goff was there. And Jared Goff would only lead you so far to how far Cooper Cup could take you or Sean McVay could take you. And then they were limited in terms of the Super Bowl. And then the Rams went out and got a quarterback in Matthew Stafford, who at the time was damn near a good quarterback, probably top 10 for him. And then went to this Rams team and was able to lead them to a Super Bowl. Granted, they did have a solid defense, but he put that team over the top. I think... Miami needs to do something similar with Tua. I think Tua is a very solid quarterback. I think, like you said, if he is in the right system right now, he looks like he is a franchise quarterback. But is he really, though? So I think if they lose, I think you might need to move on while you can and his value is high and move on from Tua and go get a better quarterback in terms of what Matthew Stafford was. So I try to think, all right, what's a not a great team but has a very much upside elite quarterback that would be able to come in this offense, make this offense even better than what it is. And there's only one team I could think about, and it was the Chargers and Justin Herbert. And that was it. And I go, could Miami go up to the Chargers and go, hey, I'll give you Tua, a couple first-rounders, and you send back Herbert. And would the Chargers actually accept it? And that's what I was thinking. And that came to this little mind of me. Marcus, guess we're not liking that answer, huh? <laughs> I don't Joe, I hi- Joe, I hide I hold you in such high regard all the time. And then you're giving me a tour for Justin Herbert trade on the first show of the year. Oh God. I gotta oh. go hot take. I gotta go hot with it though. Oh God. 
At first, I thought you were going to say Russell Wilson, which, I mean, okay, but we're going Justin Herbert, dude. Uh, we got to go big. Swinging for the fences only. That's that's a disgusting idea. I got to be honest. That's, a, that's that a bad, idea. man. That's a terrible idea. I don't – there's no – there's no – benefit in that for the Chargers. You're not getting Justin Herbert's a top 10 quarterback in football. Yeah. I and agree. at his best, he's arguably top five. Tua is a top 15, top 12 quarterback in football. Gotcha. And at his best, he's 10th. Like, I, I you, you can't, you know, Justin Herbert, like, you know, he's better every conceivable metric he's also healthier all the time which is also very very important i i well we are talking about the los angeles chargers and the chargers are not a good organization so but still fundamentally maybe the trade might happen basically because of how bad the chargers organization is run they're not as bad as the commanders organization is run though that's for sure but Uh, um that's fair i I, I mean it's it's a it's a it's out there in the limb and it was it was it, it kind of like, all right, history could repeat itself here. And I think Miami doesn't have their quarterback that could potentially lead them to the Super Bowl. And if going out and getting a better quarterback than what Tua is and trying to think of one that was kind of still more in the middle of the younger side. Um, and Justin was really the only one I could think about in that case. And that's why I was like, all right, Justin Herbert, that's who we're going with. Hot take. You know what I mean? That's all it is. No, we love a good hot take. We absolutely love yeah. a good hot take. Look, um, I die on the limb when I can, so that's all. All right, Blake, take the uh, the first Sunday game. I don't even sure. want to talk about this game too much. So, sure, let's let's take a gander at what we've got, and that is the Steelers and the Bills. Um, and this is going to be pretty simplistic. Uh, I think the Buffalo Bills are going to win by 30 because Pittsburgh is finally going to run out of gas without TJ Watt. And so I've got a blowout. It's not going to be 30, but it's going to be like 31-10 Bills over the Steelers. I I don't believe in, that Pittsburgh's going to do enough offensively. They've had a good run these last three weeks under Mason Rudolph. TJ Watt's injury is going to be too much, though. Marcus, you're up. Again, Blaine, we got to work. We we got to work on like you not overthinking this. Here we go again. Hey, I I shrunk it down. That was on. That was only forty five seconds that time. It, it it wasn't. Pittsburgh's the best player is out. <laughs> Pittsburgh doesn't have a quarterback. Pittsburgh's not winning this game. Threes. That's that's thirty second analysis, Blaine. You're gonna make this episode like twenty minutes at that rate. Then the NFL should have better teams in the freaking playoffs, man. I don't know <laughs> what to tell you. <laughs> They should have better teams in the playoffs and not give me these layups of answers to come up with. Although it is the Buffalo Bills. They're going to find a way to lose this game. It's the Bills. <laughs> is that is that going to be your hot take? Bills actually lose? No, it's not a hot take. It's just, no, I'm, I'm picking the Bills to win. But if they lose, no one's going to be shocked. Oh, Bills no one would be. Yeah, you're right. Joe. Bills win this game. think it's a lot of low scoring that people think. It's supposed to snow one to two feet. you got a least 20, 30-mile-an-hour winds coming in, so Josh is not going to be able to throw the ball. Um, i got a feeling the score is maybe going to be a 17-3 kind of game. Fair enough. All right, let's move on to the next one, where the game that, you know, we're just going to kind of give Marcus the floor for, and that is 
his Green Bay Packers will be taking on the Dallas Cowboys. Cowboys riding a 16-game home winning streak into the playoffs as the Packers snuck their way in the last couple weeks under a rising Jordan Love. They did sneak their way in. Seattle had to lose for them to have an opportunity to win out. So I'm keeping it there. Snuck our way in? Yeah. You had to win your last three, last couple of games to get in. Okay. Where'd the commanders sneak their way to? Snuck their way to the number two pick, baby. That's what we did. No, you don't sneak your way to number two pick. It's quite obvious that you're bad to be. Uh, you gotta be real bad to get number two pick. Uh, thanks, man. But you're Packers right. riding a three-game win streak. Marcus, kind of give me a breakdown here. What you want is what is the recipe for your Packers to spring the upset over the Dallas Cowboys? What he wants, he wants a Packers win. <laughs> you think? <laughs> so I said, you what's got... the recipe? Hold on, wait a second. Oh, hey, you don't, you don't yell at Joe Chickaletti not while I'm here. Okay, you do that on your own time. <laughs> oh, Second of all, you think, you think, you think I care if the Packers win on Sunday? <laughs> Is that what you think? You think I care if the youngest team in NFL history wins a playoff game on Sunday? I man, don't Zara, care, man. Jordan Love, Jordan Love. Jordan Love played exceptional football this season. He finished second outright in passing touchdowns. He had numbers that, honestly, if he won more games, we would have been putting Justin Herbert – or not Justin Herbert. We'd be, we'd be putting Jordan Love in the MVP conversation if he wins some of those games we have no business losing. Right? If we win that Falcons game that we had no business losing, if we beat the Panthers, that we had that another game we had no business losing, if we beat the Broncos, that's three games right there. We go from being – Nine and eight to being twelve and five. We're a twelve and five football team. Jordan loves in the MVP conversation. I'm not saying he's going to win. The, I'm not going to say he's going to win the award. Probably not. But if you look at the guys who you put in the conversation as far as quarterbacks are concerned, you're looking at Dak, you're looking at Lamar, you're looking at Brock Purdy, who I'd never thought deserved to be in the conversation, but people put him there. You're looking at Josh Allen. Look at those four guys. You look at his total touchdowns. You look at his interception turn. You know his interception ratio, his touchdown interception ratio, his yardage output, all that stuff. It's comparable with all four of those guys. If, jo if Jordan Love wins just three more games this season, the Packers win just three more games this season, Jordan Love's in the MVP conversation. So I really – I don't care what happens. We can get beat on. Um, we can lose in heartbreaking fashion. Um, we we can we can lose in a close game or we can win. There is, there, there is nothing about Sunday that's going to make me sad because the Packers aren't supposed to be in the playoffs. Now – I predicted that we would make the playoffs as the seventh seed on the first episode of the of the of the season. So I'll pat myself on the back for that. But I don't care if we don't make the play. I mean, like if we lose to the okay, if we lose to the Cowboys, the Cowboys are the better team, right? The Cowboys are expected to win this game, as you mentioned. They're sixteen zero at home, so they're expected to beat the inferior team, the less experienced team who's coming into their house. They're expected to win that game because we are all expecting them to be on a plane to San Francisco to play the, the Niners in the, in the NFC Championship game. That's what we're expecting. Or if the Niners somehow collapse, we're expecting the NFC Championship game to be in Dallas, right? That's what we're expecting. And so uh, at, at, what comes with the territory is what? The Packers have to lose. And so if the Packers lose on Sunday, so what? If we, if we lose by a field goal, I love it. We lose by 10. I love it. We get blown out. I'll probably be a little bit sad because it means the offense didn't do what it's been doing, but still. This season was about making sure that Jordan Love really was the right pick. Because if Jordan Love wasn't the right pick, we were going to have to have a serious conversation. We're going to have to seriously look at Brian Gutekunst and be like, what were you doing? But that draft class or that pick, which at the time we all thought as Packers fans, or most of us did anyway, one of the worst picks ever, 
looking to be pretty good right now. That on top of the draft pass we had this year, Jaden Reed's looking fantastic. Luke Mus Luke Musgrave's fantastic. Tucker Crafts looking great. Luca Van Ness, he's he Lucas Van Ness, he leaves a lot to be desired, but still he did okay so far this season. Rashawn Gary looked like a dog this season coming off the injury from last year. So I love it. There's 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 no resolve to this game that would make me unhappy. Because we're not supposed to be here. And I don't believe in moral victories. I really don't. I, I say it all the time. And I'm not saying that this is a moral victory, but I this season is a success. The Texans season is a success. If the Texans get blown out on Saturday, so what? They were 10 and 7 with a new head coach and a new quarterback, and they won 10 games. They won a division that no one thought they would win. They made the playoffs. They hosted a playoff game. That's a win, no matter what happens, right? The Steelers, I know that we like to make fun of, uh, there's a lot of people that like to make fun of this whole thing with the Steelers is just whether or not they have a losing season. Steelers season, successful. 10 games, you make the, you make the, you know, your starting guy gets hurt. Mitch Trubisky gets pulled. Mason Rudolph takes the playoffs. TJ Watts hurt. You're still in the playoffs. That's a win, dude. The Browns, successful season. Deshaun Watson hurt. P.J. Walker sucked. Dorian uh, Dorian Thompson-Robinson, whatever his name is, didn't pan out. You're bringing old man Joe, playoff team. That's a successful season no matter what happens. Buccaneers, 9-8. and eight. Very bad division. They won that division. A lot of people thought the Saints would win that division. They won that division. They can get blasted by the Eagles at home. Successful season. Doesn't matter. And we're in that same boat. Same thing for the Rams. The Rams won 10 games this year. After their best player missed, like, what, the first three, four games of the season, they still won 10 games, are probably the hottest team in the league right now, at least as far as all the teams that are playing in the wild card, wild card weekend, successful season. The only teams that are playing in the playoffs right now whose seasons can't be labeled as a success or a failure yet are the Ravens, the Niners, the Dolphins, although I think you can kind of say the Dolphins' season is a failure because they, they've fallen apart. Um, and same thing with the Eagles. But only teams we can't say are successful yet are the Ravens, the Niners, the Lions, the Bills, the Chiefs, and the Cowboys. That's it. Every other, the other eight teams that are in the playoffs, or the, the other six teams are in the playoffs, successful season. And then you've got the Dolphins and the Eagles who started off hot. They fell off. So they'll have to, you know, they'll have to make up for it in the playoffs, but they won't. And so those seasons will be listed as a failure. I'm good, bro. I'm good. Look, Dallas, first of all, and aside from that, in, 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 in the beginning of the season, I said Dallas was going to the Super Bowl. So if anything, <laughs> I'm actually rooting for the Cowboys just for the sake of me getting to keep the pick intact. But I mean, I we're good, bro. Like, like we're good. I, I, you know, th this season will be even more successful when I get the notification that Joe Barry has been fired, which is another reason why I need us to lose bad too. Like I need us to get embarrassed on defense. Like I need CD land to go for 200. I need Tony Pollard to have a career day. I need Dak to go for 450 and five. That's all I want for Christmas. I want Joe Barry to be fired. I want Joe Barry to be fired so we can go call up Big Mike and have Big Mike be our defensive coordinator. Can you imagine Mike Vrabel in Green Bay as the defensive coordinator? Pay him head coaching money to be the defensive coordinator. Then then, then I really won't shut up about the Packers heading into 2024, 2025 season. But yeah, I'm good, bro. I'm good. We're good. We won nine games with Jordan Love. I'm good. All right, Joe. Yeah, Marcus, yours? Marcus, I, I kind of agree with you to a T. I think you did find your answer out that Jordan Love is the guy moving forward, which is, was the big question mark going into it. I even think I think you guys would have won more games if Aaron Jones stays healthy. I think you would have won more games if Christian Watson actually was on the field, potentially, you know, to add to that wide receiving court, let's be honest here. Um, and even Luke Musgrave, did he go on IR for, the, like, the last – well, he missed, what, I know, four-game stretch, maybe even he a little bit a more. He missed a couple games. Yep. Yeah. 
So that that probably could have helped as well. And Bakhtiari went out too at the left tackle position. So yeah, I, they definitely could have probably had more than nine games. You know, definitely 11, 12, you know, maybe even more. Potentially maybe even could have won that division over the Lions. You know, we could be sitting here having a different conversation. But, yeah, I, I agree. I think it's – And six, six, not to cut you off, like four weeks ago, it was actually still possible for us to win the division as well because the Lions had – the Lions had just dropped like one or two games, not like in a row, but they had like a real – they kind of had a – they hit a rough patch where they had lost a couple games and we were winning games. And there was a chance for us to actually win the division. I – look, bro, again, successful season by my book. Yeah, but I think you're on the flip side. The Cowboys are a better team. Cowboys are a different beast at home. I said it last week, Blaine, to you. I think the Cowboys may have, like, the easiest schedule or the easiest road potentially to the Super Bowl, Uh, especially if San Fran has a chance to go up against a division opponent potentially in that first or second round for them. Um, They can get shocked a little bit. And the Cowboys are are playing at home in the playoffs. They should be favored in every game. I, I hate to say it. They should be favored in every game, and they have a clear road to the playoffs. And I think Cowboys handle this game pretty uh, pretty handily. I think it's like a potentially like a 31-21 kind of game. And uh, you just keep it moving forward, and the Cowboys are on the next week. Yeah, I think you guys both kind of nailed everything right, right to a T there, kind of explaining the Packers. And, Marcus, you kind of eloquently – uh, laid out how everyone had a successful year based off of how some of these playoff teams, how these playoff games may go completely different, like with the Pittsburgh, et cetera, potentially not having much of a chance against Buffalo, but still getting into the playoffs. And then with Cleveland with having four quarterbacks and then for green Bay, right. You guys have ra- rallied these last three weeks. You guys, like you said, Marcus, they had a chance to win the division after beating Detroit on Thanksgiving and not just beating them kind of, dominating them and arguably their biggest home game in a very long time was on national television. And then to get Joe, you nail on the head there with Dallas, right? Team has probably the easiest road to the Super Bowl. And if, but the one thing that Dallas does is they figure out a way to screw it up. So I don't think green, they will be this week. Uh, I do think Dallas is going to win 28, 17 over green Bay. Um, it's going to be an interesting game to see if Green Bay hangs around for the first half. You never know, but things can happen. But I do have Dallas winning as well. Let's roll on to the next one. The trade, basically, game. The revenge game for Jared Goff and Matthew Stafford. Matthew Stafford returns home to Detroit as the 10-7 and 7 Rams are going to play the 12-5 and 5 Detroit Lions, arguably the most intriguing matchup of the weekend with all the headlines based with how this trade unfolded a couple of years ago. Can Jared Goff get his revenge after the Rams made the trade and they ended up winning a Super Bowl without him with Matthew Stafford? There's definitely some extra motivation, even though both of these guys said there are not. Joe, I'm going to start with you. Give me the keys in this one. Arguably the most even playoff game outside of the Cleveland-Houston game. Yeah, I think it's uh, one of the most exciting games I'm looking forward to this weekend, probably the most, um, the return of Matthew Stafford back to Detroit. Uh, Keys to the game. I think Amon St. Brown is just going to have to tear the secondary up. The secondary is horrific right now. I think they're 31st ranked in the league right now in terms of passing yards. And I think Jared Goff is just going to pick and choose where he wants this ball to go, and especially going to Amon St. Brown. I think Laporta is – very questionable, leading to the side that he's not going to be able to play. 
So I think it's Amon's time to shine, and he could have a huge, maybe even a massive game here. Um, tendency is to go with the Rams, right? More the veteran leadership with Matthew Stafford, Cooper Cup, um, and the experienced side of uh, McShay here. But I want to go on the flip side here. I got to go with the home team here. I think Jared Goff's still going to have that experienced side here. I think the Lions are going to win this game. I think the Ford Field's going to be rocking. They haven't seen a playoff game here in years. So this place is going to be no, rocking. No. Not years. Never. <laughs> I don't think – oh, no, that was down in New Orleans. They have, had, they have yes. had home playoff games never in Ford Field. This is the I first. apologize. I thought it was – I thought that one when uh, Stafford and Calvin Johnson were there, I thought they hosted that one. But that was down in New Orleans, so that is correct. I think I they did host it, but I think they were hosting it in a different building. They've had a home playoff game before, I think. Okay. Just not just not in Ford Field. Okay. Um, but yeah, I, I think it's the Lions. I think the Lions win this game. I think it's a tight battle. Um, but I think the Lions pull it out here. I got a 31-27 kind of game. Detroit Lions. Marcus, what are your thoughts on this one? Rams are winning this game. Um Playoff football is not about if you peak, it's about when you peak. The Rams have peaked at the right time. And for the first time in a long time, the Rams not only have one good wide receiver, they have two good wide receivers and a good running back. For the first time in the post-Todd Gurley era, the Rams actually have a running back, right? They thought it was Darrell Henderson, didn't work out. They thought it was Cam Akers, didn't work out. And then they've got Kyron Williams, who, now granted, he can come up next season and not be good. That's kind of the Rams' luck. I don't wish that on him because – I would like to draft a good running back in fantasy next year, and my eyes will be on Kyron Williams. But when you have two good receivers and a good running back against a defense that is as porous as the Lions defense, that just bodes well for you. Um, and then you've got a guy in Matt Stafford who's been here before. This game's going to be too. I hate. I don't. I, I hate to say this because I think it's. I think it's a really knickknacky thing to say, whether it's true or not. But this is going to be too emotional for a team who's never been in this position before. Like this isn't just the first home playoff game in Ford field ever. This is the first, this is in the same season where this is the first season that the lions have ever won the NFC North. Right. Which gets lost because people think back to 93 and like, Oh yeah, the lions won the division 93. Yeah. When the lions won the division in 93 with the NFC, it was the NFC central and the bucks were in the division. This is the first time they've ever won the NFC North. In a season where everything fell perfectly in line for them, so you'd think, right? The Vikings were still kind of good, but then Kirk Cousins popped his Achilles, right? The Packers were good, but they weren't good enough in the beginning of the season when it mattered, and so they weren't really a threat down the stretch. The Bears were the Bears. The Lions win 12 games. They're home in a playoff game, and Matthew Stafford's coming back. If they were playing any other quarterback, I'd have no doubt in the Lions winning this game. None. They were playing any other quarterback. I'd have no doubt. This game is, I think, going to be too emotional. The Lions, first of all, the Lions are going to give Matthew Stafford a tribute video. Like, they're going to. It doesn't matter that it's a playoff game. It doesn't matter he's the opponent. He's going to get some type of welcome back to Detroit moment for Matthew Stafford, right? This this stadium's going to be torn. <laughs> you're, you're, you, I know there's like a small group of Lions fans who are like, don't wear a Stafford jersey. Oh, you speak for yourself. Because there are a lot of Lions fans who are only Lions fans because of Matthew Stafford and Calvin Johnson. This is going to be a very emotional game. And when you have someone like Matthew Stafford coming back and all he's done for the city of Detroit, all he's done for that Lions organization, it's going to mean something. And the Lions are just a super young football team that they just haven't been here before. They're good. I wouldn't be shocked if they win because they are the better team. 
But the Rams are peaking at the right time. I expect them to win this game, not by a lot. They'll win this game by a field goal, maybe a touchdown. It'll be a, it'll be a good one. It'll be a close one. It'll be entertaining. But I think the emotions of this game are going to be too much for the Lions to overcome. And I think the Rams, they're going to be poised. They're, the Rams are going to want to win it for Matt. <laughs> They're gonna want to get. They're want. They're gonna want to get Matthew Stafford a playoff win in Detroit, um, and the Lions obviously they're gonna want to not give Matthew Stafford a playoff win in Detroit. But there's gonna be a lot of emotions. A very young football team. We're gonna see. I think a lot of mistakes early from Detroit, and I think that's gonna be the difference because the one thing that the Rams don't do is they don't they don't not capitalize on free points. And I know that wasn't a good use of a double negative there, but if the Lions are going to be giving up short fields and giving away the ball, like I expect them to do early in the game, just from, you know, three and outs and turnovers and things, the Rams and Sean McVay know how to capitalize on things like that. So um, Rams are going to win this game. I agree with Marcus on this one, Joe. I know we kind of texted back and forth. This was the one team that I thought was kind of just whoever they got, they were going to beat. I know how we text. I was like how I was saying if the Dallas Cowboys should be thanking Carson Wentz for beating out Sam Darnold this past week because I was going to take the Rams to beat the Cowboys because of what Matthew Stafford and this Los Angeles Rams has been able to do offensively, how Marcus articulated with having Kyron Williams, Puka Nakua, Cooper Cup, Tyler Higby. Their offense is really flowing now. And now the emotions that this game is going to have. And I think Jordan Jared Goff is going to press, and that's has been his Achilles heel this year. Once he when he turns the ball over early, it spirals for him. That's what happened in the Dallas game. He had two ints, kind of was the reason that they probably should have beaten Dallas kind of comfortably on the road. And those other games earlier this year, the Green Bay game on Thanksgiving, early turnovers. If Jared Goff starts to press, Detroit's going to lose this game. I think it's going to be an entertaining game. 27-24, I've got the Rams, but I think the Rams are the most dangerous team coming into this postseason. I was saying I was on the Bills last week, but the Bills didn't show me really anything last week against Miami. So the Los Angeles Rams are the most dangerous team. The Rams are going to win this game. Again, and they're going to get, like you said, Joe, you kind of articulated earlier, they're probably going to – the Niners might slip up because if the Rams sneak it, sneak this game, the Rams are going to, to the Bay, and that's a team that knows San Francisco inside and out. All right, let's jump to the final matchup, and I think it's a consensus. The worst – arguably probably the worst matchup that Monday Night Football could have gotten to wrap up the slate outside of probably Bill's Steelers. It's the Eagles traveling to Tampa – the Eagles have absolutely fallen apart. Joe, I want to start with you here, the Philly native. Everyone's calling for Sirianni's job if they lose this one. Talk to me. Do Does Philadelphia get past the Buccaneers? I think what, it's hilarious to listen to sports talk radio right now, Philadelphia, because it is so on. We're firing Nick Sirianni. We're hiring Bill Belichick. We're hiring Mike Rabel. We're firing this guy. We're hiring this guy. They're questioning Justin, uh, not Justin. They're questioning Jalen Hurts now as well. Like it is, it's unbelievable. It really is, and it, it's truly comical to say the least. Um, but Blaine, 
the Eagles are going to figure it out. They're going to beat this Bucks team. I know people are kind of hopping on the train slightly to the Tampa Bay Bucks team, but when this Bucks offense comes out flat, they come out flat. You know, they almost didn't look. They almost lost to Carolina this past weekend. Um, truly based on their offense coming out done in the first half. As a Atlanta Falcons fan, I was sitting here thinking, "Wow, the Falcons and the Saints actually have a chance to win the NFC South." And the Bucs are playing the Carolina Panthers right now. But, no, Blake, Eagles are going to run the ball. They're going to figure out. DeAndre Swift's going to have a solid game. Time of possession is going to be there. Eagles win this game pretty handily, I think. I'm going to go 24-14 Eagles. Marcus, what you got? Uh, Bucks winning this game. I have no analysis for you. But the Buccaneers no analysis with the All right. You don't don't want don't want to tell me anything why the Bucks are going to win, or is that just because Philly's just they're the better? Well, they're the better football team. Okay, so I just why are they the better football team? Well, Devontae Smith is hurt still, right? He's playing. We're supposed to be playing. Yeah. Okay. Hundred (laughs) percent. Let's be honest, Marcus. None of these players are hundred percent. So. Well, yeah, but he's like further from 100% than the typical 100% norm is at this time of the, of the year, right? I, I, the Eagles, <laughs> the Eagles, <sighs> they're not as bad as the commanders, but the Eagles are pretty bad, you know? The Eagles, <laughs> the Eagles are pretty bad. I got to say, when you, when you as an Eagles fan, when, when you hold on, so Eagles fans have been holding, I said this on my show last night. Eagles fans have been holding on to the Jalen Hurts that we saw 11 months ago in the Super Bowl. And we haven't seen that guy since. And the Eagles don't have a signature win this season. And like, and I know that it's like a corny thing to do. Like every other team this year in the NFC playoffs have a signature win. Like they just do. Hold on. The Cowboys, on, the Cowboys have a signature win. It's it's against the Eagles. The Niners have a signature win. Also happens to be against the Eagles. Lions have a signature win. Packers have a signature win. Bucks have a signature win. So the wins against the Cowboys and the Buffalo Bills aren't signature wins. The the win against the Cowboys is not a signature win because the Eagles were outplayed in that game. Specifically, Jalen Hurts was outplayed by Dak by Dak Prescott. And if okay. Dak Prescott's big toe didn't step out of bounds on that two point conversion, Dallas wins that game. So no, that's not a signature win. All right. And the Bills game isn't a signature win either because that game was ended in overtime. And Joe, no, no one loses to the Bills when the Bills play in overtime. So I don't like. It doesn't matter to me that they care that the Eagles beat the Bills. Everybody beats the Bills in overtime. You, oh, me, and our next door neighbors could beat the Bills in overtime if it goes to overtime. It's an overtime game. Bills are Bills are winless in overtime. Zero and six, zero and seven, whatever it is. So yeah, Eagles did whatever. I would be. I would honestly. I I would have ripped the Eagles a new. one. And also, okay, let's okay, let's take away the overtime thing, right? At the time, what was the Bills' record going into that game? Does anyone? Let's see. I don't know. Their, I don't know what their record. They was were the close to five hundred, I believe. They weren't. They weren't on the plus side of five hundred. I tell you that much. Yeah, I know that. You're Here, right. Let's take a let's take a look. See here. The Bills were one, two, three, four, five, six. They were six and six and five, maybe. They were six and five. So if a if an overtime win against a six and five football team is a signature win, yikes, yikes! 
And what's making you say that Tampa Bay, though, is the better team, though? Because they are the better team. Right now, they're the better team. Tampa Bay can't score. Tampa Bay can't run the ball at all. At all. They are not able to run the ball at all. They're better coached. They're better coached. They're better coached. No, they are better coached. Defense is horrific sometimes. Is it worse than Matt Patricia's defense? No. Look, you're right. I completely agree with you. No, I completely agree with you. But to say Todd Bowles is better, I don't know about that. Then Nick Sirianni better. I'll I'll pull the I'll pull the card that that my guy Emmett pulled on the show last night. He's less worse. Okay, (laughs) he's less worse. Okay, he's not as bad. Better, better. I won't say better because better means that we're talking gap. But you got Brian Johnson who calls who's fascinated with quarterback draws, despite the fact that they have Rashad Penny and DeAndre Swift in the backfield and screen passes on second and third and long. Right. You've got Todd Bowles. I'm sorry, not Todd Bowles. You have Matt Patricia, who's a terrible defensive coordinator. And Nick Sirianni can't manage a clock at all or timeouts. They're not coached well, like at all. So the first 10 games didn't mean much then? Let's go down there first in games, shall we? I'm, I'm so, you know what, Joe? I was hoping, I was, I was hoping this knucklehead up here would ask that, but I'm, I'm glad you did. I don't no, have to. I, 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 I don't I, have to. You know, I want to talk about this. No, so let's, let's pull up the Eagles' schedule. So let's pull up the Eagles' schedule. Okay, and I'm gonna give. So here we go. No, I'm not gonna see. Look at you. Look at you. Look at. I'm actually gonna give the commander some slack here, or some a little bit of credit. But since you did that, I don't think I want to. Okay. So you go on the road against New England and you beat them by five. And the Patriots are a god awful football team. But I will I will give I will give them some slack there because as Eagles fans said it, it was Brian Johnson's first game as an OC. And despite the talent in New England, Bill Belichick is still one of the greatest defensive minds in the in, in, in history. And so fine. We'll scratch that one. Then you win a close game against the Vikings, a team that just last year. You blew the doors off at home, and compared to last year, this Vikings team is worse. But you win that game by six. Okay, then you go to Tampa Bay and beat them by 14 points. So, so far, your best win, so far in the season, your best win is a road game against Tampa Bay. You win by 14. Okay, then you beat the Commanders in a game you should have lost. Mm-hmm. The Commanders should have won that year. game. We should have okay? beat them twice so this year. Then you go to L.A., and you scored 23 points against the Rams, who at the time were still on the struggle bus. They hadn't flipped the switch yet. They were still on the struggle bus. They sneaked out with a win. Then you go to New York, and Jalen Hurts is the reason you lose the game. He threw, what, three picks, had a fumble in that game as well, and they lose? But did you know who lo- who left the game? I don't care. <laughs> Hold up. I don't Because the MVP of the Philadelphia Eagles is their right tackle on Lane Johnson. And Lane Johnson that doesn't that matter. Game. It does. Would you? Are you all of a sudden? Lane jo- So Lane what? Johnson. So Lane Johnson is the reason why Jalen Hurts threw three picks. Joe. Yeah. Joe. I'm Marcus. Joe. I'm telling Joe. you. Joe. Yeah, we are I, not going to say. That. We are not going to sit here. I look. Lane Johnson is a first ballot Hall of Famer. We love Lane Holdem Johnson. Okay. He gets away with holds all the time. Shout out to him. He's going to the Hall of Fame. The Holding Hall of Fame is where he's going. He's also going to the National Football Hall of Fame as well. But 
You're not going to sit here and tell me that Jalen Hurts threw three picks because Lane Johnson went down with an injury. And even if he did, even if I give you that, even if I give you that, okay, let's say I give you that, okay? If if Dak Prescott was in Philly and Dak Prescott had that game against New York that Jalen did, would we say, oh, it's because of Jalen, it's because Lane Johnson went down? No, we wouldn't. We'd say, we would say Dak Prescott sucks is what people would say, of right? Course. Of course. Okay. Look, so we'll go, we'll when you are, back. They should no, have they should won are, that game. You're 100 percent They should correct. have won yeah. that game. And yes. when you are, when you are, so the 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 one thing that I've had against Jalen Hurts all year is when when you want to put Jalen Hurts up here and you want to speak Jalen Hurts' name in the same breath as Pat Mahomes and Joe Burrow, he better play like it. And up to six weeks in the season, he hadn't played like it. Yeah. Look, I, I completely agree. I don't put him with the same breath. Not you specifically, but but like truthfully enough, look, he is a very he's a good quarterback. Yeah, I would put him more as a top ten, top twelve guy. Sure, to say the least. But what I want to, you know, I just going back to the Tampa Bay thing here is I still think the Eagles are a better football team than Tampa Bay. They they beat on the Dolphins. Okay. So that's not a signature win. You know why that's not a signature win? Because the Dolphins can't beat good football teams. So what was the temperature? Can you tell me the temperature of that game? I don't know the temperature <laughs> of that game. <laughs> was it cold? It was in October. Probably wasn't 70 degrees. So that's another reason probably why I lost that game. <laughs> then I'm just trying they, to give you a little more points, you know? <laughs> then they go to DC and they win another game that they had no business winning. They should have lost that game against the commanders as well. Then you get your – then you – again, okay, so you sneak past the Cowboys, you go into the bye, you play the Chiefs, a win in a Super Bowl rematch, yes, but this Chiefs team this year, we know, not nearly as good as the Chiefs teams last year. So is that a signature win? No. A notch on your belt for getting your get back? Sure. Then, as we mentioned, they beat the Bills, who at the time were 6-5. and five. Their season – the Bills' season was basically on the line at that point. You don't get credit for pushing a team closer to the grave before they resurrected themselves. Then you get beat on by the 49ers, you get beat on by the Cowboys, then you have one game left. There's one. There's one game left in the season where you have a chance at a signature win. All the ingredients are there. You just dropped two straight, coming off an exhilarating win against the Bills at home. You drop two straight, one at home, one on the road, against the two teams that you're supposed to be better than. They, You go to their house, or you, they, one of them comes to your house, you beat them down. The other one, you go to their house, they beat you down. You've got one chance to silence all the doubters, to put your foot down and, and get yourself up there and get that dominant win. And what did they do? They let the Mizzou man, Drew Locke, go 92 yards, put the backpack on, and, win, <laughs> and get a game-winning touchdown. Are you kidding me? Then you beat the Giants in a game that you should have lost. <laughs> that was not a win by any stretch of the imagination. Then you lose to the Cardinals, and you lose to the Giants by 17 in Week 18, and A.J. Brown gets hurt. And all this other stuff. The Eagles don't have a signature win. And again, if 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 you're gonna say that the Eagles' signature win was their overtime win against the Bills, who were six and five at the time, whereas the Dol- or whereas the Niners, their signature win is against you, you were 10 and one, and the Cowboys' signature win is against you, you were 10 and two. So you don't get you don't get like Let's compare all of the all the teams right now. Let's compare every, all the best wins. If you're ranking all the best wins of all seven playoff teams in the NFC right now, where does the Eagles' best win fall? If you're going to say it's the Bills game, where does their best win fall? It's not the first. It's not the second. Is it the third? Is it? Because I think the Lions might have a better win 
than than the Eagles against the against the Bills. And I think the Rams might have a better win against the than anybody than the Eagles and the Bills as well. So at best, I, I'll say that they have a better win because because of who the Buccaneers played. I'll say that whatever the Eagles' best win was, it was better than the Bucks' best win. And I'll say that whoever the our best win was, it was better than the Bucks' best win. And our best win wasn't even our best win was probably like that Thanksgiving game against the Lions, which mm-hmm. holds a lot of weight because the Lions are, you know, are, you know, they won the division. But in retrospect, probably not, probably not as a good of a win as the as the Eagles Bills. But yeah, you know. I see he was Eagles aren't Eagles point. aren't bad. They're just without a signature win. They're in. They're trending in the wrong direction, and despite the fact that the Bucks won the worst division in football, they are still trending in the right direction. And Baker Mayfield played good ball this year. Like to go through what Baker went through last year to find a home in Tampa Bay and play decent football this year. He was top ten in passing yards, top ten in passing touchdowns. Only threw 10, 11 picks this season. Um, his QBR was like 70-something or something like that. Like, or no, it was like 59, actually. I'm sorry. He played good football this year. Love that. Mike Guys, Evans is a Hall of Famer. Chris Godwin was great. The defense, look, Joe. Look, look, look the defense leaves a lot to be desired. Absolutely. This, to me, is about which offense I trust more. Right now, I trust the, the Bucks offense more than I trust the Eagles offense. That's what this comes down to for me. Okay, but you're also putting a lot of emphasis on your signature win, correct? You're putting a lot of emphasis on signature wins. In respect to the Eagles being not, yeah. Who is the Bucks have a signature win against? No, I just, I, I just said he admitted, he admitted, he admitted. No, yeah, I did. I realized in retrospect, in, in in the NFC South, you don't get a signature win because the division's just that bad. Okay, all right. I'm no, just, yeah, I'm, yeah. Oh, right. yeah. I did, I did, I did, I did, I did. Admit to the fact that the the Bucks and the Packers don't have a signature win either. They've only won nine games. So, being a game over five hundred, you don't get a signature win. But of all the teams that are above five hundred comfortably, sure. Like, now, even look, if you say the Rams agree. don't have a signature win, it's still like it's the Bills. Like I, like I still would put that. I think that Buffalo game was it was still a signature win for the Eagles. But sure, if you want to say it on the flip side with the Bucks. And I know the Jaguars were are not in the playoffs, but that win that they did have against the Jaguars was a significant win for them because the Jags were in the playoff contention at that time and potentially were being talked about as a second or third seed at that time that they won. So if you want to give them a signature win, I would say that. But hey, so we're here. No, for, for their signature win is against us. They made us look pretty darn stupid. On the road, Baker threw four touchdowns in that game. Oh, Buckers beat the Bucks, right? When they came to Green Bay and beat us, Baker threw four touchdowns in that game. They yeah, won but I think the one points. against the Jags, why the Jaguars was a little bit bigger than next week. That's they fine. blew either, them out. It's either either one of those two games fits the fit, fits the Bills. Which I want to give you guys credit. I want to give you guys credit. So. No, I appreciate that. I I really do. It's something you, you're better than this knucklehead over here. This <laughs> I, I've been, I'm great. I've just been sitting back. You two been chatting up. Flipped. The camera's flipped. It's oh, always okay. weird to figure it out. There you go. Yeah. This is great. I had to do a question. I just got to sit back, relax for like five, 10 minutes. This is what great. happens when intellectuals have a conversation. Oh, there it is. There's the thing <laughs> we were waiting for. <laughs> yeah, there's no, there are no intellectuals that are commanders fans, except my dad. My dad is a very smart man. Very smart man. Your dad's a commander? Yeah. You didn't tell me that. You know, 
why would uh, I volunteer that information? <laughs> well, I, I thought you, you know, as a as a fellow's commanders fan, that you know, you never know. No, no, no. My dad is not a fellow commanders fan. He's a commanders fan. Very uh, different. Okay. Like my dad actually got to watch his favorite team win a Super Bowl. Have you? Nope. Okay. All right, Blade. I don't want to hold this man too I much have... more time. I don't want to. I don't want to hold this man too much time. I don't. I've got nothing but time. I'm. I'm having fun. This is. This oh, is, this is he's fun. Fun. He's, he's, he's enjoying fun. it now. He's having fun. He's... All right, so, Blade, national championship just went on. Michigan yes. overtaking Washington Huskies. Uh, Michael Penix, uh, pretty sure left with an injury uh, or did injure mm-hmm. his ribs in the game. Um, but Michigan dominated that game um, and won pretty single-handedly. Um, Blaine, what was your thoughts of the game there? And uh, with Michigan dominating, Jim Harbaugh walking out potentially uh, as a college football championship and moving to the NFL again, or what? I think Washington was very lucky that they weren't embarrassed like they were, like how TCU got embarrassed by Georgia last year. The game, Michigan was dominating the line of scrimmage. Washington was argue, was arguably this year a top 10 defense against the run, and they had missed assignments all over the field. Like Donovan Edwards in that first quarter was having a field day. He had that two 40-yard touchdown runs. It was 14, it was 14 to 3, then 17 to 3. And you thought at one point this game was going to turn into a rout, right? And then it turned. Washington made that stop on that fourth down. They were able to go down the field, cut it to 17-10. And you thought the momentum had switched again, and you thought Washington was going to stay in this game. But then it turned into my, uh, Michael Penix getting stepped on in that uh, on that one throw that led to the INT on the f- first series of the third quarter. He gets stepped on, rolls, rolls his ankle, was never the same guy when he came back in. And Washington really just wasn't clicking on all cylinders offensively. I know Coach DeBoer for UWs was like, "Hey, we didn't, we weren't that far away from being competitive." I was like, "You guys could not do anything on the offensive side of the ball, even when your guy was wide open. You guys were missing passes left and right, missing blocks, etc." Pretty classic, uh, great story, I think, for the University of Michigan. How that what they went through this year what those players went through this year with the whole Harbaugh situation and still having that be their rallying cry and going undefeated uh, Michigan set in stone, pretty, a uh, pretty solid year. But I think the interesting part is that I think Georgia would have still been the favorite in the national championship. If they had gotten into the playoff, there was, there was something I was reading yesterday that if Georgia had gotten in, they would have been the favorite against all four teams that were in the playoff. So Hindsight's 2020, but they lost their game when they when when you lose to Alabama. So that's what happens when you win two straight national championships. And yeah, I also agree with that too. You deserve to be favored. Have you won a championship in your lifetime? Oh, you're a Warriors fan. Never mind. Yeah, actually, you got those. How is that going for you, actually? Uh, that team sucks again, too, so it's all right. You know, that was a good run. I actually have a question for you. Do you think the college for football who? playoff – you, Marcus. Yeah. Did the committee get it right with the four teams, in your opinion? Dude, we're – what are we, a month removed from the committee? Yeah, no, but but I'm I'm just interested. We're talking about the national championship now. I'm just – I just wanted to get – I just wanted to hear your take. 
Did they get no, away? No, but it doesn't matter. What's done is done now. No, All right, fair enough. All right, your thoughts on the national championship? I have no thoughts on the national championship game. The better team won. That's just how it goes in college, especially. Fair enough, Joe. Analysis on the game. I'll leave. I'll leave all the bloviating to you. You can. You can. You know, I I enjoy bloviating. Okay, because it's the only camera time I get. Because you know, apparently, according to you, I'm not the intellectual one, so I have to bloviate. I didn't say you weren't the intellectual one. I just said when two intellectuals have a conversation, it flows. And here I am, continuing to bloviate. <laughs> but when you're a Commanders fan, you gotta you gotta hear yourself. Oh my God, what's our count? Are we at like nine or ten Commanders? We gotta no, be close. No, we're not. I think it's six. But Blake, <laughs> I, I'm gonna go back to something you said. You said I love the story about Michigan. Michigan cheated, man. I don't want to. Hey, hear about, oh my God, story. everybody freaking cheats, Joe. Get the heck out of here, Joe. Yeah. Everyone steals signs, Joe. Yeah. Yeah, but it, it look it's if you get Ohio caught, State steals signs. If you get caught, if Bill you get Belichick steals signs, he Michigan deflates Wolverine's balls. Caught, so I don't want to hear no. That's stories, why I so. said it was a great oh story God. for the players, not for Harbaugh. Joe, but don't be like that Marcus guy. Said, the Everyone steals signs, game. Joe. The better team won this football game. Washington went up against the best defense. In the nation and didn't stand a chance mm-hmm. at show. That's it. You know, so I, everyone I, steals I, just, signs. Just say what you want to say, Joe. Just say that you uh, that you're saying Michigan stole signs in the national championship. Just say it. I didn't. No, no, yeah, no. Just say it. It's okay. Joe, you're Joe, there. Joe, you're already Joe. There. <laughs> Joe's saying that now, but if Jim Harbaugh goes and grants his services to the Atlanta Falcons, he'll be all for the sign stealing. Isn't that right, Joe? No, I actually don't want him as a head coach. So that's Why a good not? Uh, that's a good transition. Why not? Marcus. That's a good transition. Let's get into that here. Let's get Wait, into no, that. Wait, no. Why here. don't you want Jim Harbaugh to be the head coach of your franchise? I Who would don't. you prefer? Who who's the best who's the best head coaching candidate available right now? Whoever who's the best coach in Canada. Whoever whoever can get him Justin Fields. <laughs> what, a silly, what a what a silly thing to say. Mike I'm being serious here. I'm gonna go with Mike Brable. He's not the best head coaching candidate available right now. He's second best. Atlanta's already going all in on him, I've been looks like. Look, Mike Vrabel is going to be the the defensive coordinator of the Green Bay Packers. You just mark my words. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> just mark my words. But seriously, why don't what 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 why don't you want Jim Harbaugh to be right? Jim Harbaugh is a program changer, no? I don't know. I Change just feel like I feel like he left, you know, he left the NFL, goes to Michigan. Has a spotlight there. Dallas won the national championship this year. Granted, has had a hell of a program a year this year. But really, he's only got to the college football and never has actually won in the playoffs, though, until this year. Correct? Yes. He had correct? lost the previous two years. Correct. Correct. All right. He lost the previous two times. Yeah. So which, I think what's your... transitioning back to the NFL, I just don't know if it's going to be the same as what it was. Well, I think... he started in college. With yep. Stanford. Went to San Fran. Went to Did San well Francisco. Took Did well. Went back to college. Mm-hmm. Transformed another program. So why would we not think that he can't make the jump again to the NFL and have just as much success? He's right, done nothing but be he's uh, done nothing but be successful. Where's my, the failure? Where's my Jim Harbaugh's question failure? Is this and because I don't have the best memory. Why did he leave San Fran exactly? Why did he leave we, San Francisco? Uh, it was, I, think, it was a thing, I think it was a thing with ownership, if I remember correctly. It was 100% an ownership. If it, look, 
If you're leaving the San Francisco 49ers, it has something to do with ownership, I, I would say. Okay. I heard it was I ownership, and then the Michigan job opened up because he was already one foot out the door. He went back to Michigan at that point. Okay. I'm just not a big Harbaugh guy. I, I just can't give you 100% you like being a loser? gut. What's you just like being a, you just you just like being a fan of a losing franchise? No. I just think we need a hard fault guy and Vrabel is gonna give us that. I think if you I think of the Falcons pick up the phone and they call Jim Harbaugh and they tell Jim Harbaugh that you can have whoever you want with the eighth overall pick in the draft and you can replace Desmond Ritter and you can come in with your guy on day one with B. John Robinson and Drake London and Kyle Pitts on offense, and you've got Jesse Bates and AJ Trell on defense and a very bad NFC South division, this is a team you we just talked about. It. This is a team that in week 18 had a chance to win the division because of the Buccaneers' potential incompetence against the against the Panthers. Oh, so, is, yeah. I when mean, you, you have the you talent. Could have had, you could have had Heineke would have won you guys that game last this past weekend. If Don't you try to give a plug to a former commander. I respect the senator. Taylor Heineke's my guy. I respect him. <laughs> I he should still be a commander, but whatever. Yeah, Marcus, we could have had if we had any competent quarterback play, even a Kirk Cousins say we win this division and we probably get to 11 wins. We lose okay. three games because of Desmond Ritter. OK, plain and simple. But you but also are losing those games because your head coach didn't know how to use your two best players, oh, two yeah, of your best players. Ball, on offense. All OK, so you best. have a guy <laughs> in Jim Harbaugh. <laughs> Who is a yeah. proven? First of all, he's a proven quarterback. Like he, he's a proven quarterback developer. Every quarterback that's played for Jim Harbaugh has been successful. That's number one. You think back to his days in San Francisco when they had Frank Gore and the guys. He's great with running backs. He's great with tight ends. So Bijan Robinson would be in good hands. Kyle Pitts would be in good hands. Your quarterback would be in good hands, which means by definition, Drake London would be in good hands. Right? He's had he he's he 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 does this. This is what he does. He changes programs. Okay, you get Jim Harbaugh for five to seven years. I would guarantee you, if Jim Harbaugh, if Jim Harbaugh became the Atlanta Falcons head coach tomorrow, in seven years, we would be. If he was there for let's say seven years, that's not his thing. His thing is like four years at a time for some god awful reason. He's like LeBron in that essence. But if you give him five to seven years in Atlanta, I promise you, in those five to seven years, they win the division five at least five times. Then the NFC, they're in the NFC Championship game at least three times, and they make at least one Super Bowl. I promise you that if Jim Harbaugh's it's Jim Harbaugh's the head coach. Fair. That's fair. I so, right, go, let's see your game, Joe. Let's see your game. Okay. Go to the game. <laughs> That's fair. All right, let's uh let's get to it here. As we're already talking about how all these head coaching vacancies are taking place as we got a slideshow. Oh my lord. Buddy. What did I sign up for? Okay. <laughs> Joe made yeah. it, so Marcus, we're not that good, man. You know, I got to do what I got to do. I throw stuff together, and that's just what. No, I'm just. I wasn't expecting a slideshow. Okay, <laughs> are you about to give a power? Are you about to give a PowerPoint presentation right now? No, 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 no. But little game. Which head coach job would you want? All right, so we're gonna go through. We're gonna do a rating one to ten. No, being absolutely not. I don't want the job. Ten being yes. Sign oh me up. Oh my god. Let's go with New England first, New England Patriots. Cap space mm. this year, 75 mil. Key players. I don't know any key players that they got besides Christian Gonzalez. I probably could use some help here, guys, for this. Uh, Nathan, well, that's key it. Players? Nope. Yeah, okay, Christian that's Gonzalez, it. that's right. All right. That's it. So they got the third you want to throw Matthew pick. Judon on there to be respectful? You can do that, but that's it. Okay. All right. They got third overall pick this year. I would say front office is great slash good. Uh, no, and it's a not. successful franchise. No, it's not. 
No, no it's not. What? Their front office is gone. Oh, it's gone. They fired them all. Yes. Bill, Bill was the GM. Bill Belichick was their front office. <laughs> <laughs> Bill Belichick was their front office. So their front office is non-existent. Okay. <laughs> all right. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, it's a successful <laughs> franchise, to say the least. I would say so. Expectations if you were the head coach and number rating what you would say for this year. Marcus, let you go first. Of all the head coaching jobs, this one's the this one's the worst. This is the worst, like definitively. They don't have a quarterback, so they have to spend another premium draft pick on a quarterback. They don't have receivers. O-line's not good. Your running back room is Ramondre Stevenson and Zeke Elliott. So like Sure, I'll give you a C for that. Defense is defense is above average at best. This is the worst. Like New England is not a free agent destination, right? It is. It is about like post Brady. It's clear the only reason why anyone was ever going to New England in a free agency was because of because of Tom Brady. Like we know that now. Yep. weren't going because of Bill. And now even if, if, if even if anybody did look up and say I want to go play for Bill, guess where Bill is. Not New England. So you got that going for you. You're going to have a new head coach. You're going to have to hire a new GM because Bill Belichick was your GM. You don't have a quarterback. You're going to have to go get one. No receivers to throw the ball to. O-line is mediocre. Defense is above average. This is, on a scale of 1 to 10, this is zero. This this is, this is, this is, this is, jeez, uh, I don't even know. Like, I don't even know the analogy I'm trying to think of, but it's on the tip of my tongue. And it's like, on the top of my head, I can't think of what it is right now. But this is not. This ain't it, bro. Like this, this, this. I don't know which circle of hell and Dante's Inferno that's the worst one, but whatever one it is. And now I don't believe in Dante's Inferno, but for analytical purposes, whichever circle of hell that Dante's Inferno listed was the worst one. This is what the New England Patriots head coaching job is. It's the worst coaching job available in the league. It's disgusting. Makes sense, Blank. I agree. It's a one when your key player is your rookie cornerback. That's a telltale sign right there that the GM of Bill Belichick hurt the franchise for years to come. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I think it's like, I think what Barton said, it's the worst job out there right now. I think the only positive that you do have is you do have the third overall pick, but that's pretty much saying that you can't get one of the top two quarterbacks in Drake May or Caleb Williams anyway. So unless you trade up at this point, pretty much so. There's really not much of a plus side, so we'll keep it at that. We'll do a zero, one, or two potentially for uh, us here. So, all right, let's yeah. start with the next one. Carolina Panthers. Cap space, they got 40 mil this year. Key players, Bryce Young, Derek Brown, Kikwanu, and J.C. Horn. They don't have a first-round pick because they traded to the Chicago Bears um, this year, and so they start out with the 34th overall. Front office is, yeah, probably bad or okay, I would say. Uh, mediocre franchise at best. Blake, we'll start here with you. Number and expectations potentially for the uh, first season for you as a head coach here. I feel like you just don't know what you're going to get. You're kind of now – you're basically – if you're if you're the head coach of the Panthers, you're signing on to Bryce Young. But the offensive line can't protect if his life depended on it, and you don't have a pick in the first round like you just so eloquently stated. The cap space is relatively low in comparison to – some of these other teams that are going to be on that have a coaching availability. And like you said, Carolina is kind of straight up mediocrity. <laughs> I'm sorry. So, Wait a second. I'm sorry. I just realized who's on this list. <laughs> I just realized who's on this list. Oh, I can't <laughs> wait. Oh, Marcus, you're going to love it. <laughs> I just 
last one's on this list. Okay, okay. I'm sorry. Three. I'm sorry. Three. Marcus, you can I'm sorry. go now. Three, <laughs> three out of ten for the Carolina Panthers. Oh, it just dawned on me who's on this list. Oh, that's hilarious. All right. The Panthers. Um, Again, I think you're being generous. You know, both of our teams are on this list, Marcus. So um, we have a head coach. Thank you. Sorry. No, no. Um, the other us two, Joe and I, both of our teams are probably on no, this list. I mean, I'd rather go to the Falcons than the Commanders. Oh, yeah. Um, Joe, again, I think you're being a little bit generous with this front office depiction because this is also not a good front office. But Joe is a nice guy. He's better than me, that's for sure. Um, I'll give it a one just off the strength of Bryce Young. I don't think that Bryce Young is bad. I just think that the idea that Frank Reich is a quarterback whisperer um, is just wrong. And the, the idea that he's a good head coach is even wronger. And I'm a grammar guy, and that's not proper grammar. I know that, but we're going to go with it. Um, and so – the only thing that makes this job desirable is Bryce Young, because I don't think Bryce Young is as bad as he looked this season. We saw with Trevor Lawrence, him and Urban Meyer, not the right pairing. Him with Doug Peterson, a little bit better. Now, the turnover problem didn't go away, but also Trevor Lawrence was hurt a lot this season. After that ankle injury, he hasn't been the same. So we'll see if he stays fully healthy next season. If if you know if we get back to the, the Trevor Lawrence of last year, to the Trevor Lawrence of this year or the year before. Um but yeah, you, you only want this job if you think that you can really tap into Bryce Young. But when you have no weapons, when your best weapon at receiver is um, Adam Thielen, Adam Thielen um, and you don't have an O-line, and your running back is Chuba Hubbard, no disrespect to Chuba, but I mean, let's do better. Um, and your defense, I mean, you, you got players on defense, but like Brian Burns could be on the trade block. You know what I mean? Like the only way that this job becomes desirable is if you as a head coach get to come in day one with a GM that you, you know, can get along with and you just say straight up, guys, we need to blow it up. Like, let's let's set let's set Derek Brown free. Like, let's set some of these guys that we know have trade value free. Let's get as many picks back from them as possible, because when you don't have a first rounder, you cannot rebuild a franchise. I don't care who you are. I don't care who your head coach is. I don't care who your GM is. I don't care who you have at quarterback. If you don't have a first round pick, rebuilding your franchise would be very, very difficult to do. And so when you have guys like, you know, Brian Jones, Brian, not Brian Jones, Brian Burns and others on defense, right? You trade fire sale, man. Get Adam Thielen out of there. Someone will want to trade for him. He still has trade value, maybe not a first, but you can get a second or a third for him, right? You can get a, you can get a first or two for Brian Burns. You can get some first for some of these other guys they have on defense, maybe. Get rid of as many guys as you can, stockpile on your picks, and take the Oklahoma City Thunder approach and just use your picks. Build through picks. Whether it's drafting those players or flipping those picks for other players, build through the picks. This O-line is garbage, bro. So even if you believe in even if you believe in Bryce Young, O line still trash. And forty million dollars is not enough money to get you a brand new O line. So you're going to need what first round picks to draft offensive linemen because if you look at it in the history of the NFL, the one position group that generates the most offensive linemen in the first round or the the most Hall of Famers in the first round is offensive linemen. You can almost it's it's almost impossible to miss on an offensive lineman in the first round. Like you have to be a really, really, really bad for organization to miss and pick the wrong O-lineman in the first round because it generates the most Hall of Famers in NFL history. So, yeah, just figure it out. But it's a one just because of Bryce Young. Yeah, I agree. That offensive line is horrific. And you weren't even able to evaluate almost how Bryce was this year just because of how bad that offensive line was for them. However, the defense is pretty solid, but I agree. Like I think you need to start getting rid of some, some of these younger players and in, in a Brian Burns, they should have traded Brian Burns two years ago to get as much value as they could now, you know, a couple of years older now. 
and trying to move off him. Um, it's going to be lesser value, still some value, but lesser value. But yeah, I would say it's more of a two. I think it's definitely better than the the Pats, but uh, but it, I think it's more of a two just because hopefully you have your franchise quarterback for years to come still. So uh, let's get the next one. Tennessee Titans. Uh, right now you're they've seventy seven million key players. Will Levis, if you believe in him or not, DeAndre Hopkins, Jeffrey Simmons, and Peter Scarazzi drafted it over uh, in the first round. Key loss for them, Derek Henry. Or Derek Henry. I don't think he's returning. Sounds like he's not returning. So you uh, may potentially have to fill the running back role unless you think Spears is going to be the guy. Seventh overall, front office. We'll just take the front office thing out of it because apparently it's just bad. I just get you know, No, no, no. You did good with this front. Well, well, no, they traded A.J. Brown for like a bag of chips. I'd say it's yeah. okay. Yeah. I'd say it's okay. <laughs> so, um, well, we're not going to get rid of it. I think you're going to I think we're going to get it right as we get there. We're getting closer. We're getting closer. Yeah. I think we're getting closer. We're um, it's a mediocre franchise at best, you know, was the yes, right, that's move to, true. was it, was the right move to fire Rabel? Like, you know, everyone was kind of questioning and when that all came out and going from there. So Marcus, let me get the expectations. If you were the head coach and uh, the number here. Um, I started off with a zero. I went to a one. I'm going to a two. I hope there's not 10 teams. <laughs> Cause I might not make it to 10 at this rate. If there's not 10 teams. Um, I don't believe in the Mayo man. I got to be honest. Um, but I do think that Jeffrey Simmons is expendable as, again, trade value. I think when you are the Tennessee Titans, you have to trade what you can. Um, the Titans should have traded Derrick Henry before the trade deadline this season because now you are letting, at worst, the third best running back in the NFL when healthy. You're letting him walk out the door for nothing in return. That's never a good option, ever. Because the Titans knew heading into the season they weren't going to bring back Derrick Henry. That's about whether 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 it's a situation where like it's nothing like whether it's like one of those like amicable things where like we just want to set Derrick free and just kind of hit the hard reset now, or whether it's like we just don't want you anymore. The Titans knew coming into the season that he didn't want they didn't want to bring in Derrick Henry. Because if 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 what you're telling me is the Titans based on the season Derrick Henry had didn't want to didn't want to bring him back when he had an elite season this year as he always does, there's no way. There's no way. So the Titans knew coming into this year they weren't going to pay Derrick Henry that they were going to trade him. So they or they, they were going to let him go. So they should have traded him instead of letting him walk out the front door. With that aside, you have Je- uh, you have Jeffrey Simmons who can be traded. I don't know why DeAndre Hopkins thought going to Tennessee would be the place to go to compete for a championship, but you should also trade DeAndre Hopkins too. You'll probably get a second or a third round pick from a team that might really, really need a wide receiver, um, depending on, you know, who you ask around. I think Green Bay would probably trade for him. We should not, but, you know, Green Bay doesn't trade for anybody. So what do I know? I would say it's a two because I think that of your three quarterbacks that you have in your quarterback room, Will Levis is the best by default. You're not going to go with Ryan Tannehill next year. You're clearly not going to go with Will Levis. You cannot use your seventh overall pick on a quarterback. You have to build around Will Levis at some point and actually give him a chance. So the Mayo man's the starting quarterback by default. You've got 77 million cap space, which means you could potentially find someone to replace Derrick Henry, find some people to add to the line. Um, It's a two. It's a two. Blaine? Uh, I'm going to go with a three again. I think Marcus kind of nailed it on the head though. You got to ship DeAndre Hopkins. You got to ship Jeffrey Simmons. You probably even consider shipping Malik Willis and seeing if you can get anything for him because you can't, you won't even put him onto the football field, which is showcasing his development hasn't happened because you drafted Will Levis this year anyway. Right? So he is your best option. Ryan Tannehill is going to walk out the door. Derrick Henry is out the door and you start to question this is what what is Tennessee's true direction moving forward if you're a coach going in here because you felt like they made moves 
to to win now, but also rebuild at the same time. You felt like they were kind of trying to get they got in their own way this past year, and I think Vrabel didn't agree with how they were moving forward, and that's why he ultimately got fired in the first place. But I will go with a three. All right, so I'm going to go a little bit higher than you guys. I'm going to go more of a four here, just because I think Will Levis does have something to show in terms of uh, a rookie quarterback coming in here. Um, I thought he played really solid ball for Tennessee, especially those last couple games of the year. Um, and I also like that they have $77 million in cap space. You can definitely fill up a lot of roles in terms of that, getting better at the O-line and helping out the defensive line and secondary as well. So I think just with the $77 million and Will Levis potentially as your franchise quarterback and the seventh overall pick um, definitely uh, shows a lot and a little more expectations than the other folks that we showed here. So, all right, let's get to another one here. Let's do uh, Las Vegas Raiders. They're up 55 mil. Key players, Devontae Adams, Max Crosby, Tyree Wilson, who they drafted last year out of Texas Tech, and Michael Mayers, a couple of the youngsters there. Uh, key problem here, you have $30 million cap hit for Jimmy G, who's sitting on the bench right now. Uh, 13th overall pick, front office, probably not good. It's bad. We'll just say it's bad. Mediocre franchise as of more recently, I would say. Um, and they did have an exceptional run with Antonio Pierce down the end. I'll go first here, guys. Uh, I'm not a big fan of this at all. I, I don't know why. I don't like this job much at all. The only reason I like this job is because they got a nice stadium, I guess. But you got $30 million in cap hit against Jimmy G, who I'm not a big fan of at all. You still don't have a quarterback unless you're going to trade up or potentially bring somebody in like a vet here at all. Devontae Adams is aging. You're probably going to trade him this offseason as well. Um, Max Crosby is also getting up in age as well, who's also a great defensive end. I agree in this league, but is it time to trade him off and get as many first round picks as you possibly can and start maybe a potential rebuild here in terms of that? I don't know. I'm not a big fan of it. I actually going to go with more of a two here and the expectations for me would be low. So Marcus. This head coaching job is not open. I swear. If the Raiders get this wrong again for the second <laughs> time in three years, as much as I love what Mark Davis has done as the owner of the Vegas Aces, because I am a fan of the Las Vegas Aces, he needs to sell the team. Antonio Pierce is the head coach of the Las Vegas Raiders. There should be no interviews. There should be no Jim Harbaugh talk. There should be no talk of Mike Rabel or Bill Belichick or Pete Carroll, anybody. It should be Antonio Pierce. You should trade Devontae Adams. Garrett Wilson didn't switch number five for no reason. He's freeing up the number for Devontae Adams. Send him to New York, whatever. I agree. Look, there are so many teams that just refuse to rebuild. It's okay. <laughs> you have to at some point. You don't get to go on a 20-year dynastic run like the Patriots did. You don't get to go to, you know, six finals in eight years like the Warriors did. That's not that's not your that's you don't get to do that for the entire existence of your franchise. There's ups and there's downs. You have to rebuild sometimes. The problem is that teams are so afraid to rebuild because of what the fans are going to say that they don't do it. And then they rebuild when it's too late. And by the time it's too late, all the fans have lost interest. You have Devontae Adams, who's going to New York, you get things back for that. Max Crosby, get rid of him. He's a defensive player of the year candidate. He might actually win the award this year. I don't think he should, but he might do because he had a really strong stretch like in the middle of the season, especially in that down the stretch portion with Antonio Pierce. He had a great game against the Chiefs the second time around on Christmas. Trade Max Crosby. Somebody wants him. Somebody will give you picks galore 
for Max Crosby. Same thing with Tyree Wilson. Trade him. Obviously not going to trade Mike Mayer because you just drafted him this year. Trade Jimmy G. Somebody will get Jimmy G. Somebody will take him. For no reason other than this is the National Football League, and you're always going to want to have a guy like Jimmy G on the roster in the event that your guy gets hurt. Look at the look at the look at, look at the uh, the Vikings. They went out there and traded for Josh Dobbs because Kirk Cousins got hurt, right? Look at the look at the look at the uh, the Browns who went through. Four you ain't got to look at anybody. I think we have what sixteen out of thirty-two teams that have started backup quarterback at what week sixteen, week seventeen. So yeah, yeah you don't got to look like hard, anybody. So. Like go get Jimmy G to be your backup. Um, and with a thirteenth overall pick. Figure it out, bro. Michael Penix, JJ McCarthy, Jordan Daniel or Jordan uh, Jordan Jordan Travis, Drayden Daniels, whoever it is, get one of them, and then actually build it. It's going to be a really good wide receiver draft class. Go get one or two of them, because you have no wide receivers, none. Henry Ruggs is in jail. All your other receivers are in jail. That was the first thing you came up with was Henry. I don't know why. That was the first thing that came to mind. I don't know why, but it was. But yeah, like I don't know. Maybe don't draft a wide receiver because every Raiders receiver ends up like in jail. Well, they're gonna they're just gonna draft the fastest guy on the board. That's what Mark Davis does. Who runs the fastest? He's gonna gonna be fast in a car instead of on the field. Like that's what happens with Raiders receivers. You know what I mean? Oh man. Which is why Devontae should get out now before he ends up falling to the Mark Davis wide receiver curse. But Oh, as far as the ranking, I'm not going to rank this because I think that the I think that Antonio Pierce I think that Antonio Pierce is and should be the head coach. But if for some reason Mark Davis gets this wrong again for the second time in three years, then I'm going to say I'm going to say it's a two. I'm, I'm going to give it a two. I'm telling you, if there's not ten teams on this list, dude. We're not getting to ten. <laughs> or there's not ten teams on the list. I'll tell you that right now. There was only eight openings. At this rate, we're not getting to ten. Blaine. Uh, I'm just going to keep it short and sweet. Agree with you guys. The two Vegas needs to blow it up. Antonio Pierce is the only option if they want to get this right. All right, let's get to another one here. Seems like, uh, it's, it's a little weird with Los Angeles Chargers, right? Cap space, very bad. They're negative $34 million. They do have to make some moves this off season to free up some of this cap space. Um, big key ticket here is Justin Herbert, right? You get potentially that top five quarterback. Um, and leading the way, you get Joey Bosa, Keenan Allen. If he still will be there, they may have to get rid of him too. And then you get Rashawn Slater. Um, like I said, you have to fix the cap, and hopefully you figure out Herbert and get that potential out of him being top five. You have the fifth overall pick. Um, front office, yeah, we're going to move past that. Bad franchise as of recently. They haven't really done too much. Um, you know, Made a couple of playoffs here, but haven't really won too many games. So, Marcus, I'll start with you first. Your expectations and your number here. And what number you would say for head coaching? This is the best head coaching job available. Because this is the best team without a head coach. Without a doubt. Standing in the Chargers way of making it to a Super Bowl is health. Because everyone on this list, Joey Bosa has health problems. Keenan Allen has health problems. Mike Mike Williams has never played a healthy season of football. Austin Eckler was hurt. If everyone on this team stays healthy, which I know in the NFL, it's like, you know, Relative, because no one plays a full 17 in the NFL. Got it. But for whatever the the health standard is in the NFL, if everyone on this team stays healthy for a full 17 games and you get a competent head coach, whether that's Mike Vrabel, whether that's Bill, uh, well, well, we know, Mike Vrabel's off the table. Sorry, he's going to Green Bay. Whether it's uh, Jim Harbaugh, whether, 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 um, whether you get one of these coordinators out there, whether you get Bill Belichick, whoever it is, right? Super Bowl. Because the talent's there. 
This is the best head coaching job available. I would say that this is an eight. I'd say it's an eight. Literally, the talent is there. They just need a head coach. They don't need the fifth overall pick. Um, I think because of his age, not because of his production, I think trading Keenan Allen is on the table if you want to kind of get more more for him, because I think Keenan Allen can still go at the at the very least for a late first, early second. Um, and if you want to just go all in on well, no, the Chargers didn't draft receivers because last receiver they drafted was Quentin Johnson, and, and that didn't turn out too good for them. So maybe don't draft a receiver. But but the fifth overall pick, they don't necessarily need the fifth overall pick unless they want to, like, sure up, maybe, you know, get a tight end or something. Maybe. I don't know if Brock Powers is going to be available. I don't even know if he's in the draft. I, I don't know if he declared or not. But if he did and he's available at five, you should take him because whoever your tight end is right now, I think it's Gerald Everett. Yeah, get rid of that guy. But if you don't see one at five, you like like it, there's no harm in trading back and just collecting more picks and then drafting more players. The Chargers has the this is the best head coaching job available. Blaine, wholeheartedly agree. This is going to be my highest score. I'm going to give this one a nine, um, a nine because of you have the quarterback problem solved, and that's all. You, and Justin Herbert, and I'm this is this is the job. If Jim Harbaugh leaves Michigan, this is where he goes. I'm going to say that right now because he has been the biggest proponent and he is in love with Justin Herbert. He's been, doesn't shy away from it. Like when he does his media stuff, he is all in on Justin Herbert as the, one of the best young quarterbacks and wants, if, if he had to pick one to coach, it was, he would say it's Justin Herbert. I think, I disagree with how they should use the fifth overall pick. This team needs to ship away some of these amount of money they've spent on defense because their defense is absolute dog doo-doo. Um, probably because of their head coach and brand former head coach and brand Staley, but they need to ship some of that out to get under the cap and then maybe go with the best defensive player. Or I agree with Marcus trade down, try and collect some picks and stock up that way. Nine though, for the chargers, this is the easiest turnaround for sure, out of the teams that have a head coaching availability. Yeah, I kind of agree with you guys here. I think you already have your franchise quarterback moving forward. Obviously, the cap hit um, of negative $35 million has to get figured out and situated here. But, yeah, I think going from potentially no playoffs this year um, to potentially even an AFC championship game next year isn't a real possibility if you – uh, get the right head coaching fit in terms of Jim Harbaugh or Belichick, whoever. You just need a guy that's going to be able to coach these guys um, and not take any shit. And I think that's what Brandon Staley did and was not able to actually coach as well. So, yeah, I agree with you guys. I would give it an eight as well, just because more an eight, just because of the cap hit um, of 34 and you having to get rid of players. So, all right, let's get to the Falcons. We talked about them a little bit here. They're plus sure, 38 the million dollars. Oh, yeah, you, you plus- go first. Plus $38 million. Key players, Drake London, B. John Robinson, and Jesse Bates. Uh, key problem, though, is who will be the quarterback next year. You're going to go vet. You're going to go young guy. You're going to go trade up. Um, will you go trade out for an AKA Justin Fields? Um, or, you know, going on from there. You have the draft. You have the eighth overall pick. Front office is okay. Bad to mediocre franchise, to say the least. You do have a Super Bowl appearance over the last 10 years now. Um, but not really that great for me. Um, I actually still think it's an ideal spot. You have a lot of skill position players in terms of Drake London, Kyle Pitts, B. John Robinson. You have a decent defense as well with A.J. Terrell, Jesse Bates, 
Um, and the and the front interior offensive uh, defensive line, excuse me, the offensive line is pretty locked up now for years um, to come. The only question is, is still your quarterback position and moving forward. So I actually give it. I think it's more of like a six or seven, um, because if you do trade up for a quarterback and hopefully will lead this team, or you go and get a vet for maybe three year window, it could lead to um, something big for this Atlanta Falcons team, especially how bad this NFC, NFC South is. So I go to number six or seven. So blame. Uh, I agree. I have it at a six. I think you kind of nailed it, Joe. Your issue is the quarterback position. You have a, a solid defense so far. You have your, your back end figured out with AJ Terrell as your lead corner. You've got all the skill positions in Drake London, Bijan Robinson, Kyle Pitts, just to name a few. Now, where do you go from here? You kind of need someone that can kind of right the ship and not let get pushed around by Arthur Blank a little bit. I felt like that was a little bit of issue with Arthur Smith is that he was allowing the owner to dictate probably a little bit too much and his hands were a little bit tied. Um, so I say this is a six and just need to figure out the quarterback position. I think Arguably, this might be the team that probably looks in free agency to make a move or trades for a quarterback. I don't think with having your pick at eight helps you to pick a quarterback in that top 10. Marcus? This is the second best coaching job available. I'm going to give it a seven. Um, you absolutely can find your quarterback at the eighth overall pick. There's going to be four options available to you. Michael Penix, J.J. McCarthy, Jordan Travis, Jaden Daniels. Um, my bet is that Michael Penix or Jaden Daniels end up in Atlanta. Um, I think because I'm, I am, I am very big on not rushing it. Like if you want to go get a vet too and have your vet vet be your starter, you can do that. I, I have always, I've been very vocal about just because you draft a guy in the first round, it doesn't mean he has to be a day one starter. If he wins the job for day one, he's got it, but he doesn't have to be, he doesn't have to just be presumed to be the day one starter. And so, you know, there's two vets that are going to be available. They can get Russ for two, three years. They can get Kirk Cousins for two, three years, who, whoever. Um, and then they can still draft their guy at number eight with them saying that, look, you're going to sit behind this guy. I think considering the talent, like if you're going to draft J.J. McCarthy, you would go for Kirk Cousins because I, they're, they have very similar play styles. If you're going to go get Jaden Daniels, Jordan Travis, Michael Penix, you would want to get Russ because, again, similar play styles. You want your young quarterback to learn from a guy that plays like them. Um, if that's the route you choose to go. You can also just pick your guy and then have him start day one. But this is the second best coaching job available um, because just like the Falcons – or just like the Chargers, sorry, they have a lot of talent already. They just need to fix their quarterback, find the – fix their quarterback situation. Um, if the Falcons had a quarterback, this would be the best coaching job available because the talent is there and the talent's all young and the division is garbage. Great. Yeah, I agree entirely. All right, got two more guys. Seattle Seahawks. Um, Pete Carroll recently got removed. Uh, they got $4 million. They got DK Metcalf, Devin Witherspoon, and Charles Cross. Key problem is now you have $25 million contract with Jamal Adams, who – does not look like Jamal Adams, a.k.a. Blitzboy. Um, and the draft, 16th overall pick, front office was solid. Uh, good franchise, I would say, at the least. And they're definitely a playoff caliber team. If you still come in, they definitely can make the playoffs next year. Just barely missed it this year. So, Marcus, expectations and number for them. I think when I think when Pete Carroll moves up to the front office, this front, front office will, will go from being good to great. 
Um, they do need to get rid of Jamal Adams because he's doing nothing for you but stealing your money from, from you, and he's, and he's robbing you blind. Um, on that same note, I'm not sold on Drew Locke. Obviously, I'm not sold on Geno Smith, obviously. And so you have one of two options. You can either trade up. In fact, you should try to trade into the top 10 if you're Seattle to try to secure one of those quarterbacks. I don't think – I don't have a reason to ex expect that all five of those – all six guys really will be gone by the time you get to 16. But if you want to get your guy – you should probably try to trade up into the top 10 to make sure that whoever you want, you can have at quarterback. Cause Gino's not the answer. Drew Locke's not the answer. Um, this is a good football team though. So I would say this is the third best coaching job available. Um, and so I would give it a six. Okay. I give the Falcons to seven and the Chargers an eight. So yeah, I give it a six. Play. I have Seattle at a seven. Um, ahead of Atlanta, just because they this is another team that can basically win now. They've already were on the precipice of being a playoff team this year. If they ha didn't lose basically their last two games to Pittsburgh and Arizona, um, they would have been a playoff team. Uh, Got to get rid of Jamal Adams' contract. He's been a liability since he's pretty much get there, gotten there because he can't stay on the field. Um, but you have all the skill positions figured out, and then you just have to kind of see whether or not how much longer are you going to have Geno be your bridge quarterback. That's going to be your concern there. Do you kind of hold out again, like how another year, or do you try and move up, like Marcus said, with uh, these quarterbacks? Sure. Yeah, I got about a five um, just because of the – low cap space you have. You do got a couple young guys in terms of DK Metcalf, Witherspoon, JSN. I forgot to put Zach Carbonet as well. So you got a couple young guys in there that you can slide into a role. But yeah, I agree. The issue is is the quarterback position and can Gino lead you potentially to the Super Bowl or even compete in this division alone? I don't think so. Um so I think moving up and doing finding a better quarterback, it doesn't have to be this year, but you know, in the near future to replace Gino is what they will need to do. However, also, I also think expectations for this team is extremely high um, coming into this. You you are almost expected to make the playoffs next year with the Seattle Seahawks. So I think expectations would be probably, the, if not the highest, the second highest potentially behind the Chargers um, in terms of head coaching. So, Marcus, the reason why you were laughing earlier, was it because of this team right here? Was it because of this team right here? The Washington Commanders. Uh, little rundown here, folks. We're not on YouTube. Uh, cap space is $87 million for the Washington Commanders. Key players, Terry McLaurin, Deron Payne, Jonathan Allen. Key problem, defensive line. Uh, the, the edge rushers are gone. Their defense sucks. What else do you want me to say? Blaine, you know, they, their offensive line sucks. Their offensive line they, sucks. You know, their quarterback play, play sucks. Um, <laughs> they're – Middle linebacker play sucks. Uh, their draft pick on their rookie cornerback sucks. Uh, yeah, Emmanuel Forbes is garbage. And the gall, by the way, the gall of Emmanuel Forbes to go on Twitter last night while Stephen A. Smith was ripping a new one into Jason Whitlock. The gall of, of Emmanuel Forbes to say, hate to break it to you, buddy. No one's taking 13 up off me. Let's be honest, Emmanuel. After the season you just had, I could take 13 up off you, pal. Look. I'm not going to let you ask the question. I'm just going to get right into it. Um, <laughs> this is a four. I'll be nice. It's a four. But there's no defense. So what are you going to do there? You have $87 million in cap space. No one wants to come to D.C. Nobody wants to play in D.C. Look, I love my city. My city is great, but no one wants to play here. 
That was about to go move to Potomac Yard or whatever it is they're doing. Or, or, <laughs> no, that's Some the Wizards. Random Virginia, yeah. But still, there. Look, the Commanders. Sam Howe's not the answer. Okay, Commanders fans got super excited that Sam Howe was leading the league in passing for like three weeks. Oh my god! Like whatever, get out of here, dude. Sam Howe is not the guy. You're drafting a quarterback. Drake May, welcome to DC. Another white guy who's not going to be good in a couple years. Whatever. No, nope, right? I don't I, want Drake. Who do you want? Caleb Williams. He's not going to be there at two. So now what? I know. I I think we should trade down. Honestly, trade what down, and then you trade down, and then you maybe Andrews. take Jaden Daniels in the later on. You can take Jaden Daniels at second overall. I think you can fall back, and then you take him at like five or six. Oh, you want to fall back because it'll look better to take Jaden Daniels at five or six than to take him at two? Is that what yeah? Because then we could use a couple more picks. Because like you said, we have problems everywhere. Like I. So well, you're the Washington Commanders. You take command of nothing but garbage. It's what you do. This is a bad organization. There it is. Years. Terry McLaurin's Terry McLaurin's prime has been has been withering away in FedEx Field, a stadium that's also been withering away. The reputation of this football team, by the way, also withering away. There is nothing blossoming in Washington. Everything's just withering. The stadium's withering. Terry McLaurin's withering. The defensive line is withering. Well, it's gone now at this point, right? Shout Montez Sweat. For leading the commanders in sacks after having not played football for them in almost two, three months. Good job, Montez Sweat, on that front. Shout out to the commanders for not getting sacks. What are you doing? You're playing against Daniel Jones. You can't get sacks. Tighten up, dude. Tighten up. You can't sack Tommy Cutlets. Tighten up. The commanders, I look, as, as, a, as a native Washingtonian, I I my family are commanders fans. So like I want my family to be happy. And I would love for the commanders to be good so my family can be happy. But like we gotta be real. The commanders are not gonna be good in my lifetime or the next. Like we're just being honest. There's nothing about Josh Harris that screams. You know, you know what makes it even better? You know what makes it even better? Is you have so many commanders fans who found out that uh uh Bob Myers, who who put the the Warriors together, you know Bob very well up there, up right up there at Bobby. I Bob do, Myers is coming to D.C. Now all of a sudden the commanders are going to be good. Are you out of your mind? No. Are you out of your mind? It's the Washington commanders we're talking about here. Haven't won a playoff game in God knows how long. Haven't been to a Super Bowl in God knows how longer than that, right? I'm supposed to sit here and have hope for the commanders because they got $87 million in cap space? No. Not at all. They need a quarterback. They need a tight end. They need an offensive line. They need a wide receiver three. They need a defense, defensive line, middle linebackers, safeties, corners. They need a defensive coordinator. Eric Benamy's not going to be your head coach, so stop it because he's not head coach material. I mean, what else do you need? You need a GM? I mean, I don't know. You know. No, we need GM so bad we were using two to find one. Only team ever, by the way. Only team in any sport ever <laughs> to hire two former GMs or presidents of sports ops at other places. They didn't, they didn't hire a former football GM. <laughs> He called a basketball GM. Wasn't, is Spielman not a former GM? I thought he was Chris Spielman. Or is he a director of football ops? I can't remember. Chris Spielman. No, no. I said, leave it to them to hire two former GMs and football ops to find one. Oh, right. You know how yeah. bad of an organization you have to be? They didn't think, oh, hey, Bob, hey, Spielman, come be our GM. Come be our. No, no. No, no. You guys were great, but we want you. You guys were so great that we don't want your services to be our GM. We want you to go find us. Like, are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? Come on, do better. It's the Washington Commanders, bro. doesn't matter who their head coach is. In three to five years, they're going to be right back on this list because they're not going to go anywhere. Not going to go anywhere.
They suck. They've always sucked. Ever since RG3 blew his knee out against the Seattle Seahawks, it's been downhill. It's it's been it's been worse before that, by the way. By the way, it was worse before that. Mike Shanahan came to town and Commanders fans thought it was, oh boy, here we go again. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I, I didn't even answer the question. I don't care. I don't even care that You get you did. You gave it a four. I get a four? Oh, I was being generous. Okay. I could be the head coach of the Washington Commanders, and I promise they'd win more games than what they've been winning recently. I'll tell you that much. Let's just throw the ball to Terry McLaurin. How about it? Let's just let's just I mean, I mean, I mean we got Jahan Dots is not bad either. We got some decent skill players on the you offensive even, side. You don't even believe that. Like you you there's no Terry McLaurin, Jahan Dotson. I like Brian Robinson Jr. and I like Antonio Gibson. There's four skill players right there. You know why you like Brian Robinson and Antonio Gibson? Because you're a commanders fan and you're used to mediocrity. That's all you got. That's all you're used to as a commanders they, fan is mediocre. They are not it's, mediocre. They're not? Where does if you're ranking running backs in the national yeah, football, Blaine, I'm about to disagree with you there. They how many running backs do you name before you get to Brian Johnson, who's your running back one? And then how many more do you name before you get to Antonio Gibson? All right, hmm? maybe I am stuck to mediocrity, but you know, Brian I'm a Robinson, fan. Top, look, Brian Robinson's not top 10, he's not top 15. Top 20 back, I would say. He's not, he's not top 20. I'll tell you that much right now. There are some second string running backs that are better than, than Brian Robinson. And I also think to Jahan Dotson, like, I mean, I know he's young, but like, I don't even think he's like top 15 in terms of wide receiver two, though. Like, I don't think he's really all that. So I wouldn't even put him as a, sure. I'll give you Terry McLaurin, but like, as in, when it comes to wide receiver ones, like, I don't really think Terry McLaurin's still a top 10 wide receiver or, or even top 15 wide receiver one. Like, yeah, he's good, but like, is he great? Does he put you over the top? Is he a Jamar Chase? Is he a Justin Jefferson? No, he's not. Is he a Tyree Kill? No, he's not. So I just think there's a lot of holes for the Washington Commanders. Yeah, you have the cap space, $87 million, but I think Marcus hit the nail right on the head. You're going to go to this team, and you're going to be fired in three years. I hate to tell you that. That's just what it's going to be. Because you have nothing really to work with. You have no players. The only thing you have is two interior defensive linemen that you have drafted and now signed Deron Payne, Jonathan Allen, right? Who basically will want to be traded after this year, probably. It, probably, yeah. And then the second overall pick, you're going to end up with the lesser of Caleb Williams or Drake May. And I, I kind of agree with Marcus, even though I do like Drake May, could he just potentially be the next Daniel Jones and look great on paper while he's at an ACC stool? I, potentially, I don't know. But he could just be absolute shit because this offensive line is absolute shit. So you're not going to be able to see much out of it. I agree. I, I think it's a really bad job to get. Truthfully enough, I think it's probably number two or number three. Um, it's probably down the line, down the line of maybe the fifth or sixth best uh, coaching position, just because you know your ass is going to be on it and you're going to be on that street looking for a coordinator position um, in three years from now. This show's a fucking ten, all right. And we're going to win the fucking Super Bowl next year, and everything's going to be fine because we're taking Caleb Williams. He's going to fall to us, or we're going to trade with Chicago and flip. Uh, I can't even sell it to myself. We're at three. I couldn't even sell it to myself for 10 seconds. No, but realistically, we should trade down. Trade down, just stock up on picks, and... And do what with them? Pick, pick what? Them. No, pick literally, them. Pick, literally pick the best guy available each time so you get So that you can pick. trade him in two years after he's hurt for his first three years like you did Chase Young? Yeah, don't don't get me started. I ranted for like 
an hour when we got when we traded those two last time. So what does the commanders do? But Blaine, not- even if you do trade down from the second overall pick, and then Drake May, God forbid, goes off and becomes a Super Bowl Dude. quarterback, you would never be able to live with yourself. No, Washington I've- fans would never be able to live with themselves. <laughs> You Which is fine, that, right? but there's also the uh, there's also that we already have a North Carolina kid at quarterback that were, was also good. under Mac Brown. It's the same thing. It's the ACC effect. No, it's not. This, it's the ACC effect that the Deshaun Watson are going to look better his, when Deshaun Watson had to keep his hands to himself. He was a pretty darn good quarterback. Yeah, but now he's not. So he can't because he, he can't keep, keep his, his hands, hands to himself. himself. That's what yeah, I just said. It's all right. North Carolina quarterbacks haven't translated in a very Isn't long time. Is it Lamar Jackson's pretty good. Hmm. Will Levis? Will Levis is also one? Will Levis is Kentucky, bud. Good try, though. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Good try. Yeah, that's right. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Just <laughs> real quick. Let me, let's look at some other ACC quarterbacks. Yeah, I actually would like to hear this because I actually oh, don't. Oh, God. I want to hear this. Let's see. Let's see. Current NFL quarterbacks. Daniel, Daniel Jones is one. Terrible. Daniel Jones, bum. Yeah. Sam okay. Howell, bum. Trevor Lawrence, good. Lamar Jackson, right. so, good. So as it stands, we got six quarterbacks in the league today that played in the ACC. They starting? Seven. No, they're just in the league. No. Oh, okay. two, of them are in, two of them are in D.C., though. I'll tell you that much. All right. Oh, Jacoby Brissett's the other one at NC State. Eddie yep. Bridgewater, who just retired. Jacoby Brissett, who should have been the starter. The yep. GOAT, Nathan Peterman. Oh, Tyron okay. Taylor. That, you can just stop at Nathan Peterman right there. Mitchell Trubisky. Jameis Winston played in the ACC. All right. And you have Deshaun. You've got Trevor Lawrence. You know? I mean, hey. Hey, let's correlate this, though. Mitchell Trubisky, Sam Howell, where'd they go? Both of them went to North Carolina. Both of them been bums. Mitchell Trubisky wasn't a bad quarterback, though. His his coach was bad, and as always, they picked coach over QB. But let's see, you got Lamar Jackson, who's a two-time MVP in a couple weeks. You got Deshaun Watson, who before he couldn't keep his hands to himself, pretty good guy. Russell Wilson's head to the Hall of Fame. Trevor Lawrence, when he gets when he's healthy, is a great quarterback. Daniel Jones sucks. Kenny Pickett sucks. Sam Howell absolutely sucks. So it's 50-50. Coin flip. Draft draft, draft a quarterback from the Big 12. Yeah, do that. Yeah, Kyler. Blades down so bad. Look at this, man. I'm so funny. Brock Purdy, Geno, Baker. Ryan Tannehill, or the Pac-12 before it goes away while it still counts. Go get Michael Penix. Maybe you'll get yourself a I like. I do like Michael Penix. I do. Aaron Rodgers played the Pac-12. We need a quarterback that's got to be mobile, though, because no, we can't because we can't block. You know how you try to throw all these extra adjectives that don't matter? Sam Howell's mobile. He's still a bum, dude. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> Mobility's not going to mean he's not a bum. <laughs> Drake May's mobile. He'll probably be a bum. So, who should we pick? Drake May? You should be relegated to the UFL is what should happen. Uh, uh, that's <laughs> rough. 
Josh Harris should call Dwayne the Rock Johnson on the phone before he goes. And, and, and say we'll take the D and we'll take the DC Defenders team instead. We'll replace him. I would rather watch you be a Defenders <laughs> fan than be a, at least the Defenders. The Defenders got close to winning a championship this season, and <laughs> the Grizz have a long time. But in typical DC fashion, they folded in the championship game because that's what DC that's what DC sports teams do. They fold. Completely fair. I think we went over. Wait, 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 hold on, wait a second. What? You're from here, aren't you? From DC? Yeah. No. Where are you from? Cali. Remember, it's from the Warriors fan. So how do you end up a Commanders fan in the first place? I think we've talked about this a couple of times. My dad lived there when they won the Super Bowl, or went in the Super Bowls. So I was the only son he was able to conform over because I was the firstborn. But you, but you're from California. I well, yeah, my dad moved from DC to California. Before or after you were born? Before. So you were born in California. Correct. So you were born in Niner Country. Bang bang yeah. Niner game. Yeah, but and my you decided nope. I don't want to be a Niners fan. <laughs> I'll be a fan of the Commanders over there. <laughs> really? It was my dad's team. I had faith. He apologizes every at the end of every year. My dad's a Commanders fan. You don't see me walk around here depressed. No, every good for good for here. you. All right, good for you. Okay, stand, stand on your stand on business, man. Grow up. Thanks, Marcus. No, it's okay. No, we'll get you back in the we'll get you back in the Cowboys jersey because that was the best day of my life. I gotta be honest. We'll get I you back. Now I'm never gonna be that dumb to make that freaking bet ever again. Yeah, we'll get you back in a Dak Prescott jersey. Don't you? That was a rough day. Maybe I should get you a uh, maybe I should get you a Rex Grossman Redskin jersey for Christmas. What size? What size do you wear? I would actually. You do know it's past Christmas, right? You've been saying Christmas like three times. <laughs> I, didn't say, I, didn't, I didn't say this Christmas. There's Christmas in 2024, right? All right. What's what size do you wear? A medium. Medium. All right. I'm gonna get you a Rex Grossman jersey. I will actually throw get up. XL just to make it fit like too big for him. <laughs> make it your sleep. You can make it your sleep shirt. Yeah. Yeah. There we go. There we go. <laughs> there we go. Or I um. No, I can't get you a Donovan McNabb jersey. He was actually kind of good in DC. Like, I have a McNabb jersey. Yeah. No, we'll get you a Rex. We'll get you a Rex Grossman and a Jason Campbell jersey. Hey now. Hey now. All right now. All right. <laughs> all right now. <laughs> Blake, send us out here. All right. Hey, Marcus, before you go, my man, appreciate you coming on. Why don't you plug yourself, my guy? Tell us where uh, our fans can go check you out. All right. To the six of you that are watching. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> just kidding. To the six of you Idaho Idahoers that are out here chucking potatoes and watching the show. Okay. You can find me on Give Us a Shot Network. You can follow me on Instagram at GTP Marcus. You can follow me on Twitter at GTP Marcus. You can follow me on TikTok at GTP Marcus. Um, and you can also find Blaine there. Um, Blaine, Blaine, Blaine is limited to one show every two months. Okay. So every other month, if Blaine responds to my text messages, you can find Blaine Spencer on, on the show. Joe's welcome anytime. I can I'll create a show on a day that's not a show day for Joe Chicoletti, I gotta say. I'll be honest. Uh <laughs> there you go. All right, Marcus, appreciate it, my man, for coming on. All right, everyone, that was 
our wild card weekend and our hot seat kind of takes on which franchise we'll kind of want to join if we were head coaches. As always, subscribe, like, leave a comment, go shout outs, give us a follow. To our six Idaho potato farmers, as Marcus so eloquently played, said, good night, everybody. Have a great rest of your week.